is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the UK Steelers podcast and this week we finally have football to talk about, real football. You join us always by me, Simon Wynn Stanley and the three usual co-hosts, Dave Hart, Gavin Marshall and Rich Setrone. How are you doing guys? Pretty good. Great, excited for the season to start now. Football's Itching. back, football's back. <laughs> I noticed it this week man, it, it's, uh, it took some time but this week is really... Stepped up in my excitement. Now that I know I'm like two days away from seeing, or one day away from seeing a game, right? Texans Chiefs. Yeah, there's just so much news, wasn't there? It's been like, yeah. it's been back to, not since free agency really, is when you're sort of refreshing Twitter every five seconds to see what's happened. And that's that's good. Something, some well, stuff happening. You make an excellent point, Gavin. And we shan't waste any time because I, I get the sense this is probably going to be a long one. Um, let's just get straight into the news because there is a lot to talk about. And it's a fake. Barry is buried. <laughs> Here on the UK Steelers podcast, we don't gloat uh, about anyone losing their jobs. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're going. We're going to go order importance here. Um, I want, I want to so talk... punting's, punting's first, right? <laughs> Listen, we'll corner is the punting corner is a sharp corner. <laughs> Listen, the most important thing we we got to talk about the roster cuts because I think this this kind of took a turn that a lot of us weren't expecting when. Uh, when the roster cuts were announced, I saw Dave posting his. Um, that was a Parks and Rec gif, actually, Dave. Was it the surprised guy? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. So yeah, I think there was a lot of surprises there. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of go through every position, or whether it would be better just to kind of go through some of the surprise cuts. I think that's probably what we'll do first. Um, I don't think there's anywhere to start other than with Ryan Switzer, who I defiantly said. A few weeks ago, would be on this this fifty three man <laughs> roster, uh, no doubt about it. Was uh, a big surprise casualty of the cuts. Uh, yeah. I don't think any of us saw this coming. No, I think me and Rich put him on the practice squad, but to just outright flat cut him was, yeah. was a bit of a surprise. But I think I don't think there's that many. It doesn't feel like there's that many sort of sad fans, unfortunately. Does there? No. There's like a lot of people are quite happy about it. No, Not to take responsibility for it, but I think I made it happen through sheer force of will. I think I was just like asking the universe for it to happen, and it happened. That was amazing. You've been, you've been reading The Secret, Dave? Yeah, you, it's that thing where you, you write on a piece of paper and put it in a drawer, and you ask the universe. But, uh, yeah, apparently it answered me on this one occasion for a guy to lose his job. I feel awful now. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling you this week. Uh, but also your boy Dion Kane. They kept five wide receivers, right? Ray Ray McLeod was kind of the 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 fifth receiver, the one that we maybe didn't see coming. Um, and Dion Kane loses out, Dave. Yeah, he's on the on the practice squad though. Yep. So he's he's hanging around. I think um, there was a there's a wealth of of talent in the receiver room at the moment. So I think he was sort of fighting against the current, as it were. Yeah. I, it kind of surprised me that we only kept five receivers, but I think that's maybe a instrument of the practice squad situation that they can kind of easily get people onto the active day roster right yeah but the thing about Kane is I thought he was in the kind of you know uh, Johnny Holton slash DHB kind of you know couple of take the top off the defence plays every game and, and ball out on special teams 
Yep. So I, I don't know if they're expecting Ray Ray to, to do that or, or who's going to do that. Because, I mean, that's you want that because you want someone coming fresh, fresh legs and just hit them with pace, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you, we're hoping that Washington's more involved yeah. to, to, than just to do that. So I don't know who's going to be. Maybe it's Claypool. Maybe he's got that, that long speed to hit down the sideline. Yeah, I was going to say Washington, but yes, I suppose we'd assume he's more involved. Or maybe you think Claypool can take over that job at some point, but yeah, yeah. An, an interesting cut nonetheless. A, a couple other interesting ones. Uh, you're, another one of Dave's boys, he had a really tough day, Dave, actually, after Switzer was, was cut. Um, Antoine Brooks, the sixth round pick, who Dave's been high on. My heart absolutely dropped when I saw that. It was it was a sad moment. Partly because I just bought like a rookie card. I, I don't buy I don't collect cards, but I thought... <laughs> I like this guy, so I'll, I'll buy his rookie card and spent like I think I spent ten pound on shipping, getting it sent over from the states as well. Oh this, was, this was a big deal for me. <laughs> Since lockdown, I've been I've been spending on eBay like nobody's money. Um, so well, yeah, it's, it's your money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's mine. Well, it, it used to be mine. It now belongs to eBay sellers. But um, but now I was I was excited about him. But then obviously when he got when he got cut, it was a sad moment. But now he's on the, again on the practice squad, so. They obviously see something there, but maybe doesn't quite fit the scheme at the moment. Doesn't quite fit the, or doesn't have the, the necessarily necessary talent or knowledge at the moment to do what they're asking him to do. So yeah, well, it feels right. like um, Marcus Allen sort of stole his spot, really. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems like I mean, and fair play to him. I mean, he's been around for a long time and it's taken time to to get up to game speed to be game ready to play what is you know could be a very important role of. A, Safe box safety linebacker hybrid. So um, no, I'm and pleased this, to see Marcus Allen progressing. And this is where no preseason doesn't really help out the rookies much in that they yeah. don't have any real time to shine on screen. You know, it's all it's all been done behind the scenes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the the other huge surprise really was Dan McCullers finally gone. Um, he was old. He was old. One point five mil this year. Um, to be the kind of the backup nose tackle, I suppose, behind Alu Alu. Um, kind of playing into that, I think, is is Carlos Davis took his job, right? The se- speaking of guys who we haven't heard from, our seventh round pick this year, Carlos Davis, um, made the squad. If, I remember Gab being particularly low on the pick. Yeah, I am, but he's made the team. I mean, I, I do wonder if what you said there plays in the fact that they could, you know, take some money off the cap by doing this move, and then they could just swap them around at some point. Yeah, yeah, so, quite possibly. There's some hidden depth. I know we've been talking about who's going to play nose tackle and we didn't quite have an answer to that question, but the, you know, the, there's some guys there that can do it, right? We've got Ali Ali who's going to be starting and then we've got uh, Wormley who could maybe fill in that role. We've got Bugs who, who you know, figures to play into the situation somehow and then now Carlos Davis as well. We're, we're not without bodies at the position. I don't know if Dan, Dan McCall's really offers that much of an upgrade, I suppose. It, what he breathes is his size, obviously, like yeah. the classic run stuffer, which those other guys aren't, aren't that kind of spacey to style, are they? They're yeah. more in the kind of Steve McClendon sort of maybe slightly more mobile nose tackle, but still still very useful. But it's just McCullers gave that kind of, you know, you've got like a run run heavy team. You just throw him out there and stop him from thinking about running. But um, yeah. yeah, hopefully, you know, he might, he might get pulled up again. Yeah, it's I'll just strange because I, I didn't hear Carlos Davis's name once. I don't think we've even spoke about him since he got drafted. No. no. Um, so I was that was a bit that was one of the biggest surprises when he when he when I saw that he remained on the team. Yeah, I, I would have definitely put Mondo, my boy Mondo, ahead of mm. him, or um, or even uh, the one from the XFL. Is it Walker? Come on, Walker. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a big surprise, but it's good. I mean, it's great if they 
if they've, they've actually found a diamond in the rough there that he's because I mean we watched his tape I wasn't particularly blown away by it I thought it was kind of average just as he had size and that helped him against lesser opposition but um, I didn't I didn't see any much explosion or anything on tape I, I didn't I, I just yeah wasn't that impressed so maybe they've found they've they've you know they've got they've seen something in him and that's that's good there's something there to work with Time will tell. I mean, he's a candidate to maybe rotate back and forth from the practice squad, I suppose, but we'll see. We'll see if he gets a helmet on uh, on Monday night. Um, Rich, I've not heard from you. How are you doing? I'm here, yes. I'm good. <laughs> not <laughs> any, on fire. Any surprises uh, that you were kind of uh, shot by from the cuts? Well, um, if you look at it in terms of the people that made the 53, I mean, they kept seven corners. And I, w- I was surprised James Pierre I mean, he must have really impressed in training camp. I thought he would probably make the practice squad, but I didn't think he'd make the 53. That that surprised me. Um, but uh, it's exciting, too, because he must have really turned some heads. Um, yeah, uh, of course, the Switzer thing was surprising. I figured he would make the uh, the practice squad. That didn't happen. Um, I wonder where he'll end up now. It's just going to be on the street. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody will end up just, I mean, just for his experience yeah. fact, I think somebody's going to end up grabbing him somewhere. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall uh, when someone called Ben with this news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't have been a fan. I wonder if he's had to turf him out of the couch now because he's not like in, in a work bubble with him. Yeah. Yeah. How about, uh, how about uh, our boy Devlin Hodges? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 uh, that I mean that the signing of Joshua Dobbs, uh, man, that came out of nowhere. I yeah. never expected that. Good well, move though. I never I'm saw on the board. cutting him, right? So I mean yep. the checks don't have a lot there, so I was surprised that he was he was gone. So I mean yeah. that's great. That's great GM. I know it's been done to death, right? But Kevin Colbert, right? Getting a sixth round pick for him and then Yeah. Makes you look clever. Yeah. Yeah. It worked I out. Like, I feel yeah. like in hindsight that Letting Dobbs go in the first place was a bit of a bad move. Well, it turned out to be definitely, yeah. definitely turned out to be because he could have Maybe. he could have come in and ground out a couple of wins. He was probably good for one or two wins last year. But you, but you say so that, that, but but Duck Hodges did exactly that. So yeah, but when when he was struggling and then they had to bring Mason Mason back in yeah. and he was he was shook up. Imagine if they had Dobbs at that point. I know they wouldn't have had Hodges, but you know he yeah. could he could he could grind out. You know he's he's a match up nightmare in terms of moving the ball with his feet. You know it's not what you want necessarily that skill set unless it's like Lamar Jackson level what from your you know it's not a franchise QB but it's a weapon definitely a weapon that you could bring in and utilize yeah no, I'm, both, I'm all for it yeah, I'm both, Duck, both Duck and Mason both struggled on the move neither of them are particularly mobile I think it would have been some that one that one guy that's actually athletic and could actually move around outside the pocket but um yeah I'm, I'm happy but I was a fan of him the first time around I was pretty sad to see him go so um, I'm happy he's back. I think he's a guy the team like. He's obviously a very clever guy. You know, he's he's a guy who seems mm. to do a lot in and around Pittsburgh. I think they like him in the room as well. Yeah, as a guy who's not designed to get any starts. So yeah, I mean, I was pleased that he went actually um, because I thought I I was had high hopes for for Mason and I thought he was going to be like a progress blocker. Um, turns out I was wrong, um, but we weren't to know. I wasn't to know that at the time that Mason perhaps wasn't didn't have all the tools tools that I thought he did. So, you know, hindsight is a, is a wonderful thing. Just going back to uh, James Pierre, I wonder, because obviously he's like a physical athlete, right? I just wonder how much it, how much that 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 uh, keep 
on the on the roster came down to um, special teams. Whether he's going to be a special teams baller this year, I think significantly. I'd have to imagine watching his tape. The dude, the dude would rock it on special teams. I'd imagine. I mean, he's like he's like Vince Williams playing Vince Williams playing the cornerback position, right? It's like yeah, aggressive and you know, like a frenzied madman. Yeah, okay. that's I, good. I would assume that he's going to be a big special teams contributor this year. Um, a couple other kind of surprises. Speaking of special teams, Tuza Skipper's gone probably because he doesn't play special teams. Um. We spent seemingly all of last season talking about Tuzar Skipper to no avail, um, but he's been cut outright and hasn't even been signed to the practice squad. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Must have had a terrible camp. Yeah. So what you say, Rich? No, I was going to say he, he's a casualty of uh, of the COVID because uh, the COVID. That sounds funny. Uh, the COVID. <laughs> um, he, if you remember last year, he didn't really stand out in camp. Ola stand out in camp, hmm. but. Skipper really didn't, but when the season started, or when the preseason started, he—I mean, he—he he led the whole NFL in sacks for the preseason. And some people are like that, you know. They—they—they're not practice players. You put them in a game situation, and they just come alive, and it's like they jump off the screen. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with it. It might have been different if we would have actually had a preseason. You know, he could have shown his stuff again. Yeah, definitely. I think I don't know if you saw in Hard Knocks, but that's what uh, Anthony Lim was saying, right? They, they, if without the preseason, they would never would have found Eckler. They yeah, just yeah. he didn't show up in training camp, and he showed up in the game in the preseason. Although, how you so, can't yeah. find Eckler when that dude can clear five of those bags? <laughs> that's true. Wow, that was impressive. That's jumping, some vertical. <laughs> how was that not found in uh, the combine? Where was he? Dear me. Probably probably didn't go. <laughs> Um, the running backs are the last kind of piece I want to hit in terms of uh, I wasn't surprised it's kind of actually what I suspected but we end up keeping Snell uh, Samuels and uh, 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 help me out McFarlane McFarlane thank you sorry <laughs> blanked on his name there so we lose Wendell Smallrud and Kerith White um, Kerith White's not on the practice squad I don't think either yeah he's gone yeah he's gone so maybe a bit of a surprise but I suppose we got we got Wendell Smallrud there as one of the veteran practice squad candidates. Mm. White could be one of those guys they get back in later in the if there's you know injuries or whatever. They, yeah, they know where he is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, what, what do you think of Smallwood just beaten out by Jalen Samuels' versatility? Yeah, I think so. I think you know it's, again he probably would have benefited from the preseason like Rich was saying before because you know he's sort of last one in really, isn't he? So he's always going to be first one out. I tell that to Ray Ray. Well, he, yeah, unless unless you do something major like returning kick kickoffs for uh, touchdowns, or oh, for fumbles, which scares me to death. Well, we have yeah, <laughs> we haven't seen that yet. Let's not. Let's hope he got all his fumbles out of the way. Uh, is Ray Ray going to be doing punt and kick return? I kind of read somewhere that it was going to be uh, mixed, and that confused me because I thought, well, why is Ray Ray here then? I I thought he was doing kicks, and it'd probably kicks. be Johnson doing punts. Okay. Okay. We'll see how that goes. I mean, do you miss the days when Antonio Brown was returning punts? Yeah. That was, that was, that was fun, man. <laughs> uh, we also signed Sean Davis, right? Um, harsh day for, who was it? Curtis Riley who who was cut as a result of that? Yeah. That's harsh day for him because he makes a 53 and then the next day Sean Davis shows up. Um, as soon as he was cut uh, by the Bears, it was, right? He signed a two million signing bonus with them as well, which was no, uh, it was uh, Washington. Oh, Washington. Washington. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, kind of surprising that he doesn't make it there. But then you know, it's a guy that knows the system. It's a guy who the Steelers are obviously comfortable with and kind of like in a backup role. 
Uh, and also big on special teams as well. Tom Lee mentioned that in his press conference. So I, I like the move. I-, I heard some whisperings that it might cost us a compensatory pick. I don't know about that exactly, but... Yeah, need a, need a need a comp pick scientist to work that one out. Yeah, I, I, you know, based on my vague Twitter learnings, it, it was a sixth round comp pick maybe, but again, that's all hearsay until the wizards mm. that deal with that come out. But I uh, heard it was a sixth. The sixth will become a seventh. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's just effectively a nothing pick. But yeah, the thing for me is I love the move. I mean, it's amazing. You lose yeah. the guy, gets a payday, comes back for cheap, and basically like you kept him all along. The only thing is. Obviously, he's, he had his best season with the Steelers was 2018. Injured all the last year. Has that? What? Why has he been cut? Yeah. Is it something to do with the injury? Is he? Is he? Is he? Is it affected him? Is he, is he not as mobile as he was or something? I don't know. That's that's my only concern. Yeah, no, it makes sense. But I don't know. I'm just comfortable a little bit more comfortable with him there now. You know, because uh, it was a bit scary with what we had back in up the safeties, right? With Curtis Riley, who was really an unknown, and, and John Dangerfield, who, who we do know. Um, I don't know. There's there's some safety in having Davis there behind sort of Edmonds. And... I mean, as as a, as a sort of starter, he was a bit. We were kind of not always. He played, as I said in 2018, he was above average, but the rest of the time he's yeah. been kind of average. Yeah. So it was kind of like you know, but having him as a backup, that's that's awesome. I yeah. mean, that's great depth. Um, on the, I'll quickly run through the practice squad. Let me know if anyone uh, stands out to you. So we kept uh, Trajan Brady, Antoine Brooks, obviously the the pick who was cut, Curtis Riley, uh, J. Ron Elliott made it to the practice squad. Dan McCullers, uh, Gav's boy Henry Mondo, Dion Kane, Amara Darbo, the wide receiver, Trey Edmonds, um, Kevin Raider, the tight end, uh, three O linemen, Anthony Coyle, uh, Darian Gray, and Jaron Jones. We kept a punter, Carlos Waitman. Uh, and then, of course, we signed Duck Hodges and Wendell Smallwood as well. Um, any names stand out to you there? Uh, I thought it was interesting that they uh, poached both New York Guardian tackles of the XFL, uh, Coyle and Jones. Ooh, Rich with the <laughs> XFL heat. Okay. Tell, <laughs> give us a deep dive on the O-line of the uh, New York Guardians. Uh, that's about as much as I have. <laughs> <laughs> I undermine that gem. I didn't know that actually. No, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I heard some chatter that people thought Darian Gray would be the old lineman. We an extra old lineman. We kept. We kept nine old linemen. We actually kept um, JC Hessenauer. Do you think that's because the news has come out now that DeCastro's down for week one? Do you think that's yeah, uh, yeah? I, I think we've got some injury issues on that old line, right? And also some new faces on that old line. So yeah, maybe just want that extra guy. So that might be a shuffle later, because it was. I think everyone was surprised about that, right? That was the biggest, biggest surprise, really, of the final, final fifty-three, wasn't it? Yeah. Hassan had made it from seemingly. I mean, he had he, he had was, been he up was on the, the fifty-three, like the end. Of yeah, last he year. was at the end of last year, but I mean, they were ravaged by injury by that point. But yeah, yeah. So it's a surprise, but good, good luck to him. I mean, they need a backup center anyway, and Wisniewski maybe hasn't had the the, the reps, so makes sense. Uh, now I mentioned that we kept um, Carlos Waitman on the uh, the practice squad, uh, the punter, the, the rookie punter we signed that many of us hoped would beat out Jordan Berry, uh, but he may have been kept there for another reason, um, and that's that's right. We're going to get to everyone's favourite news, uh, Gav. Do you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say, "Man, I wish I was an NFL punter"? Punters are people too. We've got a punter. Let me tell you something, people. Punters are people too, and I want to see some funny footage. Give me some. 
XO. Punting XO. <laughs> Rich Eisen with the classic draft analysis. <laughs> Uh, that's right guys Jordan Berry is out the door he out of here uh, after a year long campaign on the UK Steelers podcast to sign a better punter uh, which kind of culminated the night before uh, this happened with me getting into a, a light argument on the Facebook group with someone who said that Jordan Berry was fantastic last year uh, which I just, I just you know I couldn't accept I couldn't let that lie um, so you're now taking to your podcast to have the final word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm really punching down now, right? Smooth move. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, I just thought that was a nonsense. But and then we started doing this thing where it's just you know screenshot PFF, show me how he was rated the 16th average net punt yet. Listen, I, I don't care. Since what I've been saying this the whole time, right? Anyone's been listening to me go on about punting for a long time knows this. Punters are not measured by stats, really, because it's so much of his, so much of punting is to do with um, opportunity, right? And we'll get into that in a minute with Dustin Colquitt, who we signed, by the way, um, the longtime Kansas City Chief. Um, it's not about stats because it totally depends on where you are on the field when you get the punt. It totally depends on the situation that you're in, what the what the special team coordinator actually wants you to do, and it totally depends on the opportunities you get, right? A team like Kansas City punted 3.1 times a game last season, right? So Dustin Colquitt didn't punt a lot. Uh, and that explains some of his stats from, from last year as well. So these things are very difficult. And a lot of it's the eye test, right? To use an old Damascheckism with quarterbacks. With punters, it's an eye test. And I'll tell you what the eye test told, told me, and it told the Steelers the exact same thing, uh, is that Jordan Berry was inconsistent. Uh, and at big moments in games, he would he would shaft his kicks for 25 yards. So, you know, it's all very well and good screenshotting PFF and showing me how in the first three games he had a net average punting out of this, that and the other, but it's completely irrelevant. The, the guy was completely inconsistent uh, and that's why he's lost his job. So, anyway. Just, that's... just for anyone that's just wondering, uh, Jordan Berry last year had a, a punting grade of 64.0, which is about average. That's sort of the, the pale green colour, which means that they're, they're about average. Slightly above. Dustin Colquitt, 60.7, lemon yellow, that bang on average slightly trending towards bad britain colquitt however 74.4 the minnesota his brother much better punter according to pff but so that that was the guy's argument that he's that we've we've exchanged one average well, it wasn't because another. at this point he, we hadn't signed dustin colquitt so he wasn't or, or are you saying this this just in general in terms of no i'm just saying generally we, we dustin colquitt According to PFF, is is not that much of a better punter right. than Jordan Berry, but you know, bloodlines. Well, uh, his father played for the Steelers, and and there's, and we know, like you say, it's about inconsistency. Yep. Some of Berry's inconsistencies are perhaps worse than Colquitt's inconsistencies. Certainly, and I, and I think this is a position where we're going to value consistency. And and speaking of that, uh, Gav, go ahead and play what Tomlin said when he was asked about Colquitt. Uh, it, Tomlin Tuesday. We're able to pick up Colquitt yesterday, man. Colquitt is a guy that's been around forever. We've had some significant competition against him over the course of 15 years or so. Uh, that he was in Kansas City, got a great deal of respect for his resume. Really excited about his floor. You know, as a 15-year veteran, um, a guy that's seen a lot of circumstances, been in a lot of circumstances. Um, we we got a great deal of comfort in his ability to deliver. In, in a variety of circumstances in an unusual environment. Um, he's a savvy and seasoned holder. Um, that's going to be an asset for 
for for for his game and ours as it relates to holding for bars. So, so yeah. So I was just going to say. I mean, there's one really important thing to pick out of that, and it's he says they're really excited about his floor, right? And that to me says spells it out for us that they did not like Jordan Berry's floor. Yeah. You know? And PFF isn't great for picking that kind of stuff up because it, it kind of tries to smooth everything out. Yeah. So into averages. that variance. So so yeah. So Barry's ceiling may have been high. He may have had some really accurate punts yeah. over the time. But then, you know, what's what's more important is consistency and maybe not pinning it back into five yards every time, but just not shanking one for twenty yards out of bounds and putting the the defense in a terrible position. Yeah. So uh, as that's... as I've sort of. You know, shout it till the cows come home with punting. That that's what it is, right? That's. I mean, listen. If you can get a Pat McAfee who's a, a real weapon, then great. But there aren't a lot of those. So if you need, you really need consistency there. And I think if you know, if the coach says that the guy who's taken over from you, they're really excited about his floor. I mean, that's that's a damning indictment on your play, right? So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, that just shows that the Steelers probably thought exactly the same thing that I did, and we're just kind of waiting for the right guy to come along. Um, yeah, for, for, for the sake of a fair and eager argument, though, I, I encourage this chap who you called out on the group to have his counter-argument. Surely it's only fair he has his argument for why Jordan Berry is, is fantastic. Yeah, if he wants to send in a voice clip, we'll happily play it, and just, then I Simon just, can trample all over it after. I just can't keep a straight <laughs> face. I actually, got, I actually giggled then when Dave said, Jordan Berry's fantastic. <laughs> anyway. It's a fake! Berry is buried, and he lost the <laughs> Listen, uh, let's move on from the Berry era. Um, <laughs> jo- Dustin Colquitt is the new era, so let's hope he doesn't get find his way into my bad books. I'm confident. Um, as Gav already mentioned, he spent 15 years with the Chiefs and, and his dad uh, punted for the Steelers between 78 and 84, winning two Super Bowls. So, bloodlines, that's interesting. Um, the concern here, as Gav's already said, is that he's fallen off a bit. I mean, this is a guy who was a Hall of Fame level guy. I mean, in Kansas, they were talking about that that seriously, about uh, his level of play over such an extended period of time. Um, but but again, I think a lot of this comes down to opportunity. I think with punting, it's a, a kind of a position that's heavily based on, like I've said, consistency and the ability to kind of gear up to, to what he's doing. The Chiefs, I mean, look at the kind of team the Chiefs have been for the last two years, right? They're throwing it all over the field. I already said they punt 3.1 times a game. This is a team where he's really not got into the rhythm of things. And while I'm sure he isn't the same uh, athlete, if you want to put it that way, as a punter, uh, that he was when he was a sprightly young 22-year-old draft pick, uh, listen, I, I just think that what he offers in terms of, of consistency is, is going to be so helpful for a team. Like the Steelers, where all we want is to not make mistakes in that phase of the game. So... You know, for me, I think this is a great move. I don't know if anybody else is going to argue with me for fear of me biting the head off. But uh... no, no, I'm on board. I'm totally on board. Experience at that position is great as well. If 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 you know, he's he's faced adversity, so you know he's in the kind of this is a you know he's joined a, a team with Super Bowl hopes. Yeah. So hopefully he can be, be a part of that run. Yeah. I seem to remember quite a while back now we mentioned his name as a potential free agent pickup um, in punting. Uh, punting corner yeah, when it was still going. Yeah, because there was a few that were mentioned that were there was like the likes of, uh, like I say, McAfee, who everyone scoffed at because he's not going to take a, a break from his podcasting schedule to come and do some punting. I don't think. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's a I'm I'm on board with the pickup as well. Well, it was kind of Pat McAfee to uh, take a part in our our drop for the punting corner. 
So <laughs> appreciate that. Um, yeah, so let, let's let's put a wrap on that. Hopefully, we won't need we won't need to revisit punting corner for quite some time because we're going to be just you know happily consistent with it. Consistency is yeah. the key, uh, <laughs> and, and we won't have another punting corner all season. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, okay, more important news: Zach Banner named the starting right tackle. Um, this was kind of leaked a few days ago, and then kind of became official about an hour ago. Uh, any surprises here that, that Chucks didn't didn't win this job out, or, or, uh, or are we kind of on board with Zach Banner? I kind of feel like it depended on what they were planning schematically, because they're both very different kind of guys. Like Banner's, I, I can't remember their exact weights com- compared, but he's a bigger guy. His sort of skill set comes into the into run plays, sheer size of the guy. And whereas Chuck seems to be more of a sort of a smaller technician, pass protection kind of guy, so I think it sort of came down to what they were planning on doing scheme-wise. I think that's why he probably got it in the end. I don't don't know. I obviously wasn't there at at camp seeing what they were doing individually, but um, no, I I, I like it. I'd I'd have been happy either way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I. I'm a bit worried that Okorafor didn't win the job. Yeah, that, that just, was my exact thought. I think, you know, I think they would like to have Banner as that, you know, sixth offensive lineman they bring on for heavy sets and really Chooks to be progressing. But you never know. Like Dave said, it could be just be for the Giants game because they've got to deal with, you know, Barkley and that decent run attack. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Maybe. I just like yeah. I think the old line is something you don't want to mess with, though. You know, it's not really something you you're plicking and plucking at game by game to make the most of the matchup, really, is it? I mean, you want a consistent right and left tackle, book end tackle. Um, yeah. Maybe we're expecting a lot maybe, from Chucks. You know, he wasn't a first round pick. He... Yeah. Maybe he'll move over to left tackle. You know, next year, push Villanueva uh, for that job if he doesn't resign. Yeah. Maybe that's the plan. But you'd hope for him to see him some some serious action this year. So we'll see how that goes. He's got a, um, an interesting matchup this week, so so we'll discuss that in a minute. Um, there's also some deals made. Um, Cam Haywood being the biggest of these. So Cam, we spoke about this earlier in the season with Nick, I think, from from uh, his his appearance on the show, and he was saying that forget all these other signings that people are dying for. Cam Haywood's the most important guy for us to get locked up. He's a leader on this defense, and we've gone ahead and done that despite the the cap issues we face. We signed a four year extension. Uh, worth $71.4 million. Um, kind of mixed feelings on this. I mean, overwhelmingly happy that he's staying with us. He's going to remain a stealer. He's uh, obviously one of our favourite players. But uh, any worries about the cap position this leaves us in leaning into an uncertain year next year? Or are we not too concerned about that? I think they needed to do it. I, I'm, I was really pleased when they did it. I mean, he is becomes the richest contract in NFL history for a defensive player over 30. So he's a bit of an eye raiser, but I think he's worth it. I think he's got some some time left. He's still got some wear in his body. Um, if he can play for the four years, then at, at the same level, you know, or, or yeah. near enough with with no significant drop off, I think it's good value for money in the end because he, he's like the you know the leader of, of the team along with TJ and hopefully Bush in years to come. So. He's one of the you know, the captains, so I think I think it's a good deal. And you know they restructured to Castro and they made the moves with McCullers and Berry to make some room. So, uh, you know, Colbert's way ahead of everyone else on this, and you know he's all over it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, that, that Kevin Colbert, he's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. Yes. 
right? Yeah, I, listen, I, I, I love Cam Hayward, but by no means am I saying uh, I didn't want him to sign this deal. It's, it, it's just, you know, there's so many guys next year, right? Um, I'm not saying that we could have done anything, you know, anything differently. It's just, uh, it just makes you think, doesn't it? It's just that little reminder in the back of your head that we've got, you know, Juju, TJ, Minka, all these guys, Alonueva. It's a lot of a lot of dudes coming up, and then even a lot of smaller guys, Mike Hilton. Uh, yeah, but if they can, re- if if Ben's good, and you know maybe he can do a restructure, and they can make things work. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Uh, Rich, you got Let's to worry see about this. this. Sorry, Gav, what was that? I was going to say let's let's just uh, get through the you know get through this season. Worry about next season later. <laughs> <laughs> Keep kicking that cat down the road, Gav. It's going to catch up eventually. Yeah. yeah well, when you've got you've got a franchise QB in that in the building, you need to <laughs> who's in a Super Bowl window. You need to try to you know make that work. Yeah, yeah. Who Sorry. who's going to bite the bullet though? Is it going to be due? There was talk that uh, there was a report out that there was another signing due. Right, it's not actually occurred, so I don't know if that you know has fallen through or if that's still in the the cards or, or what the case is, but. Um, people obviously as soon as it was tweeted out because it came from a reliable source I can't remember exactly where now but one of the beat reporters um, everyone was like Juju Juju the name I, seeming more and more like Juju's not going to make this team right <laughs> uh, I don't think so you know I don't think so I think this year is going to determine a lot I think I think they're, the Steelers probably have pretty much an open mind and they're going to watch how this year goes and watch how everybody performs you know it's it was interesting to note that Benny Snell had a really great camp. So if Juju comes back to his normal play, which is outstanding, and Connor has a decent year, and then maybe he gets an injury here and there, misses a couple games, and Snell looks really good, I'll bet they let Connor go and keep Juju. It's mm. an mm. interesting thought. My, my concern with Juju is what his cost is going to be because he's really kind of a catch-22 right now. If he doesn't play well or he has a down season again, then he's – the question is, do the Steelers want to keep him? And then if he does have a great season and returns to the juju that we knew from a couple of years ago, he, he might play himself out of Pittsburgh with his value. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's possible. But that's what, he's that's a, what worries me. He's a young guy. When you have that talent and such a young... Remember, he's in the NFL, what, 20? Yeah, yeah he's 23, right? It's insane. Yeah, when you have that much talent and a young guy, they're going to do everything they can to keep him. But like you said, if if he does not get back to his performance level that we're used to and he has another down year, then he probably will be gone. I, I just... Because I'm with you, Richard. I've been thinking about this lately. He's 23. He's younger than a lot of these rookies that came in this year. And the dude's already a, you know, a, a gem. It just seems like a real shame to let a guy like that go straight after his rookie contract, regardless of what the cost is. Because yeah. it almost feels like a wasted pick in the sense that you've taken this guy who is so young and he has all the potential in the world and you've kind of just got that potential, but then let him leave to go and make someone else's team better. and That would worry me. Um, and that's kind of why I was hoping maybe we'd get something locked up this year because you know this year he might be just cheap enough for them to do it, whereas I'm worried that next year he won't be. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we've got until Monday, right? Because they, uh, they don't tend to do deals in the season. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I actually saw that Twitter. I saw that Juju uh, replied. Uh, who was it? Someone got paid some wide receiver this this week. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but he was on Instagram and just just commented, "Must be nice." So <laughs> the first sign, you know, Juju's a nice dude. He's not, you know, making major issues, but just just the first sign of uh, a little bit of discontent there. 
Didn't um, um, didn't Rod Woodson call him out a little bit as well, saying that he's too interested in his uh, social media accounts and what have you? Mm. Yeah, I want to hear from Rich on this because Rod Woodson could not have sounded any more like someone's granddad who needs to be carted out of the. Out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, that's one of my all-time favorites, Stu. <laughs> Love that guy. It's a bad uh, take, though, right, Rich? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know, he's a little more old school, you know, when he was playing, there's there no such thing as social media, so that distraction wasn't there, but, you know, and face it, it is a distraction to some extent, but it's part of a lifestyle as well, so you kind of have to accept it, you know. I, I think, you know, I don't think it gets in the way of him being a professional and doing the best he can, though. I think I think that Juju really needs to be, I don't think he gets enough credit for this, is that he is one of these guys, right, he's... He's big in like a gaming scene. He's doing, you know, playing Fortnite and doing all this crazy shit. But, but in fairness to Juju, he's the one guy who does all this, and he's also a professional on the field. You never see this distract from anything that's going on with his professional career, and it plays into it. Whereas a guy like AB, you know, is recording tumbling in the locker room, you know, yeah. causing problems. You've never seen that from Juju. So I just don't understand where this criticism comes from. It really does. You know, people like Mark Madden are on there saying this. So it's why it surprised me when Rod Woodson came out with it, and I was a bit disappointed by it to be honest. But Funny you should bring it up because we just talked about Banner. Tomlin said that part of what played into Banner winning the job and having such a successful uh, off-season was the fact that Tomlin asked him to can all the social media stuff. And he really? did. And he's just concentrating purely on football. And um, Tomlin said that played a big part. He thinks he's he's improved, you know, just by being focused. Interesting. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I, I used to see his stuff on Instagram all the time and you don't see it anymore. But, you know, again, I think maybe that's more to do with what's going on in the locker room because we don't see that, right? But to me, Zach Banner always felt like a guy who just, you know, had a pretty good Twitter account. It wasn't really the ever that I thought he was getting carried away. That from what I could see, it's just, you know, he's kind of funny on Twitter. I, I don't know. I don't think that's a bad thing though. But well, maybe it was it's causing you versus Coach T. So I know who I trust more. Yeah. At least with those two guys, <laughs> at least with Juju and Banner, you, you've got two guys that have got maybe got. They've got big personalities, maybe a bit of an ego, but it's not a toxic personality like AB yeah. had. It's, yeah. it's not right. going to destroy a locker room. Yeah. Right. And Juju's really popular with the fans. He does he does things around the city of Pittsburgh, different charities and stuff, and the fans love him. They love his personality. And that's another thing you got to think of. Well, well, you know, it probably won't impact ticket sales, but, you know, that's something to consider. No, absolutely. I, I would be. That would be one of the ones that I'd be the most upset about. Even more, maybe than AB, if, if Juju were to go, because he's so sort of ingrained now it, it, with just the potential that I can see in him. And anyway, anyway, we better move on from Juju. He's not the only thing to talk about this week. That's uh, an issue for next year. Um, the team captains were announced. Um, the offense much the same. Ben and Pouncey the same. It's been the last two years. Uh, on defense, TJ gets the first nod of his career, uh, along with Cam Hayward. Uh, and then special teams was a bit of a surprise. John Dangerfield. I think that's fair play. Yeah, he always shows up. He, he's his tone setter, isn't he? Yeah, it's interesting though because it maybe suggests that he's uh, here to stay on the roster this year. He's not going to be bouncing around. I hope so. Well, he, he's uh, play, maybe play that gunner role, or mm. you know, play that uh, the clean up role that um, Tyler Matakevich did, Dirty Red. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I suppose he got more room there on that special teams only. Uh, realm of things at the back end of the roster this year so yeah I, I like the team captains Not nothing major to talk about there but um, the last piece of big news for me is Ryan Shazier um, came out with a emotional video today um, I don't know if you've all seen it but 
uh, announcing his basically his retirement from football, putting to bed any vague hope that he may one day return. Um, I think you know he's been sticking around with the team, right, for multiple reasons, both I think financial and mor- morale based uh, since the injury. But uh, in his in his video, he says it's you know it's time for him to to move on and explore other options. And you know it, it was sad, but it's interesting to see what he'll do next. He says he's going to go away from football for a little while and, and maybe come back, but. He's left it a little bit ominously that he said that you you know he said that you will see him around you know you will hear from him so it's I wonder if he's yeah. you wonder what he's going to do next what's what's the plan but um but yeah I mean I know he's he's obviously into his faith and everything so I, I had a feeling that maybe he'd, he'd go off on some sort of retreat or something I, I don't know some sort of faith healing retreat I don't know like, but, like um, arrested development like sort of hanging yeah, out in the, just, in the yeah. Healing himself through faith, and obviously maybe it works. Maybe he's um, going to come back stronger from all that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm. It's it's sad to see him go, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's sad that he's he's parted ways. But like I say, maybe one day I'll be back in a in a in a coaching form. He's not entirely ruled out that football is gone from his from his career from his life. As he said in his in his video, he's it's something he's loved since a since a young age, and it's become it's become his life. So um, maybe we'll be back one day. I think this is a dude who has a role with the Steelers, right? If if he wants it down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it did get me thinking watching the video, though, right? Can you imagine? And, th- and no disrespect to uh, Juan Vincenzo Williams, who we all love, but can you imagine Ryan Shazier and, and and Devin Bush on this team? I'm not <laughs> sure they would have drafted Devin Bush if yeah, they still had Shazier. Yeah, I'm sure they probably wouldn't. Yeah, but you know, it's nice to think, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, wishing wishing Ryan Shazier the best of luck. Um, there's there's one final piece of news that I want to quickly touch on before I'm sure there's bits that I've missed that you guys might want to bring up. But um, I believe we have a, a very specific sound drop for this. Um, Odell Beckham got up to some escapades this week. Want to talk some shit? You know, it's funny when I first I woke up and I just all I saw was a tweet saying, "Oh, I wish I hadn't looked up this Odell Beckham news." Uh, and I think probably a lot of people experience the same thing. Uh, and I went and looked it up and watched the video associated with it. Um, is this not is this not more of a kebab cornery type of discussion? I was going to say. Oh, deep, you want this to be a kebab news? corner? Thing? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Oh, we're gonna, I was going to say. We can go somewhere. This okay, 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 okay. Okay. I just think let's 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 can that for a bit. Okay. Like, do put do it, not invade the, the kebab corner. Don't do not desolate yeah. the kebab okay. corner. Okay. Oh, right. It, it's, it's sacred. Oh, I can't. We keep it. I keep it. Stick to football. Shove it. Shove it all back in. Yeah. Shove it. Pop it back in like a horrible pile. And um, lastly, there's one thing I want to say about the practice squad, which I, I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned it about the protection, the new practice squad protection rules. Yep. So I, I was hoping if, you'd explain this to me because I don't think I fully understand. So they've, for the first time now, you can like put players into a protective bubble so that other teams can't claim them. So mm-hmm. it really is like you can, if they, if if players have made it down to the practice squad after these initial cuts, they're basically safe if you if you mark them as protected now for the whole season. You just put them there and keep them protected. So can you do this with as many players as you want? Or? No, four. Four players. Okay. Every team can do four players. And you can nominate a different four players or the same four players, but you can only nominate four players per per week. And the Steelers have, have, have classified Mondo, J. Ron Elliott, Wendell Smallwood and Curtis Riley as their protected players. So they're, they're the four that they see as definitely want to keep. So Big Dan McCullough's not on that list. Surprisingly, but I don't know who you would. I guess Elliot would be the one I'd, I'd expect to be maybe not there. 
But, um, yeah, slightly interesting, I thought. Um, yeah, and they can only bring them up to the team twice without them having to go through waivers as well, right? Yeah, but these, these rules are fantastic, I think. Mm. I think I like, I like the increased practice squad, the, the protections. It just it just feels feels like you can nurture talent a bit better and yeah. manage your roster. It's, it just feels less exposing players that you want to keep but aren't quite ready to be nabbed by other teams. So I think it's a good a good development. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, so then I I don't know if any, any any other Steelers things we want to talk about or do you want to talk about the rest of the league what happened? Yeah, you go. I'm I'm, I'm done with my bit. Okay, so uh, I thought I'd recap what happens to some ex-Steelers, um, some Steelers that maybe uh, they, did, they didn't even make the practice squads of teams they're on. So JJ Wilcox, um, he got cut by the Falcons, outright cut. Uh, BW Webb got outright cut with the Cardinals. Uh, Brian Allen of the Bills, um, he's kind of developmental corner that we're hoping that Pierre becomes. He never, yeah. he never developed that way. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, the Colts cut Knicks and Grimble, both outright. And, um, Two of our best names. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any any player with the first name X is going to be good. Um, uh, Nick's it, interestingly, they said they it was a scheme thing. They didn't have he's hurt by coronavirus because they really wanted to get him in and, and start using two two backs, but they've not had a fullback start or play in a game since 2013 at the Colts, and so they just didn't have time to introduce two back offense. So he was kind of a victim of that. Whereas Grimble, I just think was just didn't show up. Um, he actually made the practice squad, but then they cut him to to bring in Charlie Topo Peo. So, um, yeah, good luck saying his name. And, and um, lose your job to Topo Peo. That's a, yeah. a rough day. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the last one that was outright cut. Oh no, there's two more. Uh, Tony Brooks James cut by the Vikings. He, he did all right actually, didn't he? Last I, season. I don't even remember th- him. Yeah, he played last season for some limited limited action Bruce before James. they before um, Kareth White came in. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was last year, was it? Or was it the year before? I thought it was last year. Uh... Um, yeah, it's when Connor was down. Okay. Yeah. And then Tevin Jones, outright cut for the Cowboys, who I always thought, although he never actually did much in in the regular season, I thought he had a good preseason. I was kind of hoping they'd keep him around. So he's out there, you know. He could be someone they, maybe they look at bringing back. And then uh, Chicolo. Johnny Holton with the Giants, Chicolo with the Saints, Johnny Holton with the Giants, and uh, Hands of Concrete, Moncrete, as uh, Yin's Nation Sport calls him, uh, with the Jets, all, all got cut and then circled back to the practice squad. So, not so bad for them. Well, I think it's vindicating, isn't it, that players that we move on from don't make it with other teams. Not, I know that sounds really negative, but it suggests that we made the right decision, right? Yeah. It's not like we're, we're cutting players that are then making major impacts on other teams, which is what bad teams do. Yeah, it's it sort of like, because Chicolo, he wasn't, well, I can't remember what position he was, but he certainly wasn't, was he a lineman? Was he, he was something like that. He was, and, they, and they converted him to be an outside linebacker when they got to the, when he got to the Steelers. Mm. And um, so it feels like they kind of carved him into a, the player they wanted him to be. And then he turned out to be a fairly decent role player in that role, but not anything more. And maybe that's why he's not, you know, he's he's quite limited in in some sense. I mean, he couldn't seal the edge, could he? He was sort of came in and was was a good force on you know rushing the passer and holding things up. Good on special teams, but not maybe not a complete player. Yeah. So you know, all those all those three there, they've, they've got their limitations. 
Uh, and then I just wanted to go through some some players that had hit the practice squad that uh, we talked about in the draft process. Um, Evan Weaver, oh, practice yeah. squad with the cards. Uh, Benito Jones. So all these are claimable, obviously, but okay. I doubt the Steelers yeah. are claimable. But Benito Jones, Dolphins. Uh, so my uh, one of my big uh, social media arguments about whether who was better out of Jared Pinkney and Mitchell Wilcox still rumbles on because they both got cut. And then I was waiting to see which one out of them would make the practice squad. They both make the practice squad. So me and still Jedi still level pegging for who's who was the better tight end. Uh, and again, if, if you're having the uh, pound shop celebrity battle between AJ Green of the Browns and Lamar Jackson of the Jets, yeah, you didn't hear that wrong. Both of them got cut and both of them on the practice squad too. So we're still no clearer about which one's better out of them. Uh, Derek Zucker, the linebacker, practice squad, the Broncos. Calvin Throckmorton, Saints, practice squad. Javelin Guidry, Jets, practice squad. Jermichael Hasty and Juwan Jennings, practice squad. Dave, I noticed you drafted Jermichael Hasty in one of our drafts. <laughs> I did. Are you aware that he's now on the practice squad? I wasn't, no. Thank you for you might need, to, might need to look at <laughs> might need to look at waivers for that one. And um, uh, Stephen Sullivan, uh, the tight end for the Seahawks, is yeah. on the practice squad. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Rochwasser, ha, of uh, from the Pats, the um, the guy with the the Nazi yeah. Yeah. tattoo. He's been cut. He got right? cut. He's yeah. gone. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, they they didn't even S- keep a kicker on the roster. Yeah. Stupid yeah. Do your own work. Meanwhile, Blankenship, who went in drafted, has made it with the Colts. Yeah. So crazy. Um I wanted to so yeah, I mean it goes to show that we know kick is better than Bill Belichick. Um I wanted to ask uh, about the the Washington tight end. Um what happened to him? Do we know? He's injured, isn't he? Oh, you mean Moss? Moss, Thaddeus yeah, Moss. Thaddeus Moss. Yeah, he, I know. He... I, I would have brought it up. He's still he's been waived injured. Oh, not waived. He's been put on the IR. Okay. I think. So he's he's out of the contest, don't worry. And I think you were technically winning that, so I didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that was in quite interesting is Curtis Weaver. You heard about what happened to him? Yeah, yeah. But, but fill me in. He got yeah, cut it, and then it was uh, picked. He uh, was picked fifth round yeah. by the Dolphins because we kind of we couldn't we work him out, right? Because yeah. he was an odd shape. He was like a sort of dough ball kind of guy, big player. But he was waved injured, um, and then he was claimed by the Browns. So now he's with the Browns, and the oh, Dolphins the, fans are really on the angry. Fifty-three. Uh, well, he's yeah, he must have been. He might be put put, put into IR. But right. it just seems like they they made a blunder. They yeah. they 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 messed it up. They should have they should have handled it better and put it onto Pup or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Some logistical. It's it's back to um, what's his face and the facts not going through. It's one of those kind of yeah. things. They messed up. Yeah, that was odd because if you remember, um, PFF thought he was like the second best. Um, edge in the in the draft yeah like it was insane so i don't know that anybody agreed with them but <laughs> they were like super super high on him so yeah yeah he was a diff- difficult projection really because he doesn't look like anyone that's ever played the position before really so it's sort of hard to see um another one is a lot of people saying ha ha clinton dicks yeah but i mean maybe that was probably before sean davis but i i didn't see that but do you know who he lost out to or who 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 said the speculation is that why he was cuttable for the Cowboys? What's that? None other than Dave's very own Reggie Robinson, who's been converted to a safety, and they're really high on. Oh, good. oh right, I didn't even. Yeah, that was your boy, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not really tracked him since then. So yeah, good to hear. But don't be too proud because the Giants have cut Javon Leak. I was going to ask boy. you about Javon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unlucky, Dave. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. 
Like I say, no, no, they're just not really caught with my way of thinking. They'll, they'll, they'll catch on eventually. Yeah. We, we well, no, but there's a lot, a lot of a lot of Giants fans really not happy with the decision because he's not even on the practice squad, and they're saying, "What, what are you doing?" They're just saying that they, they feel like they've got enough strength and depth. Maybe we'll get onto the Giants in a minute. Maybe this is a decent segue. But um, we, yeah, we, so we, you, you weren't alone. Javon Leak, love, Dave. Good to hear. We can't all um, nail, you know, James Pierre and Thaddeus Moss picks every year, so. <laughs> we'll get you. We'll get you all there next year. Um, <laughs> we had some stinkers along the way. I'm just trying to remember. It's actually saddened me a little bit just how many like dudes we spent all this time on that are now on people's practice squads. <laughs> I know. It's yeah, Every ridiculous. Year. But uh, uh, Joseph got cut outright by the Bills. I think he was a fifth round pick, inside linebacker. Now I, 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 we evaluated him. We didn't really like him that much, but still he was quite a sort of well-regarded or at least decent middle-of-the-rounds prospect. It's strange to see him get outright cut. Another one that got cut from a couple of years ago was uh, Hakeem Butler. Remember him? He's getting serious draft heat, and he's he's gone now. And I'm just wondering, you know, in 2018, he had 60 catches, 1,318 yards and two touchdowns. Is it possible he was getting elevated by none other than Brock Purdy? It was his QB at Iowa it State. So maybe it right? all comes back. All comes back to Brock Purdy. Synergy. Yeah. If you anyway, want it to happen, it'll happen. That's what I'm doing. I'm writing a note and putting it in my drawer like Dave. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Thanks. I, I would never have kept up with a lot of those people. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you doing the digging to go around the league and find that. There was one more thing, actually, since you since you appreciate it. The Raiders, what are they doing? Oh, that yeah, that trade. The trade, and then Prince Amukamara and Demarius Randall cut Theo Riddick to the practice squad, Keelan Doss to the practice squad. I mean, Keelan either Doss they think they've got the, the practice best, squad. Yeah, either they think they've got the best roster ever, or they're doing some serious kind of reassessment. I mean, Amukamara, he's a, he's a, all right. He's no he's no star player, but he's he's at least better than average, right? He's a decent corner. I mean, what are they doing? Well, what, what what blew me away with shocking management, I've been saying this about the Raiders for a while, this Lynn Bowden trade, right? Now, apparently he's a bit of a knucklehead, um, but at the end of the day, the, the Raiders drafted him, so, you know, let's not pretend like they get a free pass here because of that. They also signed Antonio Brown, if we remember, so, you know. Um, Lynn Bowden basically traded him to the Dolphins, right, for a, what was it, for a fifth round pick? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also gave them a, Seventh round? Am I getting confused? Here? What was the? Yeah, but, yeah, but it was like a pick trade. He was in it. He was a fourth round pick, wasn't he? Was, he was, was he a third round? Yeah. Th- or was he a pick? third? Maybe he was a third. Maybe, Maybe. A third. Okay, but either way, he was like a higher round pick, mid round pick, uh, and they've just traded him for like a late round pick swap, day three pick swap. Yeah. So. And he's he was he was an, uh, an offensive Swiss Army man, wasn't yeah. he? Like he, he was a Swiss could Army play a bit man, of quarterback. Yeah. yeah, Swiss Army man all through and through. Um, you know, he's got run, they, they want to play him at running back, wide receiver. Why would you throw away a weapon like that just because, oh, he didn't fit in the running back? Well, room. supposedly, oh. like I say, he was a bit of a an oddball. A bit of a, a, bit of a diddlo. Diddlo, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh, so, you know, but, but crazy trade, right? Yeah. Oh, well. Well, I, I've, I've got him in a couple of dynasty leagues, so I'm hoping he does well. But... <laughs> Might want to look at waivers yourself. Uh, true. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else, or do you want to move on to the uh, preview of the Giants game? I'm good, unless anyone else has got anything. No, let's move on. Okay, let's do it. 
Uh, real football then. So we play on Monday night, right, with the first of a Monday night double header. So it's just early enough for us to watch, or at least me. Uh, be about twenty past one. The later game on Monday is, I think, is it Broncos Tennessee or something? And it's uh, three twenty a.m. over here. That's that's like the sun coming up. That's too much levels. That's that too much on a Monday yeah. night. Come on, guys, let's calm down with these three twenty kickoffs. Um, I mean, that must be late over on the East Coast, right? Starting start like ten p.m. That's a bit late for a football game. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Broncos. Um, the Giants, I think this is a really interesting game. Um, some people are kind of calling it a layup, which is dangerous in the Mike Tomlin era. Um, but it's a, it's a good game to kind of uh, kick off to. It's, it's always nice to not have to start week one against the Bill Belichick Patriots again or some other, you know, team where we're the also-run getting dragged in. Um, this is going to be a nice way to kind of settle in and see what, what we've got going on this season. It's a team that's in rebuild mode. They've got a new rookie head coach in Joe Judge. Um, they were 4-12 and 12 last year. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. But I want to kind of start off, I kind of asked you all to, to go away and have a think. What's one thing that you're looking forward to finding out about the Steelers in this game? Um, you know, what what is one thing that after you've seen this game, you're excited to say, hey, now I know the answer to X. Um, Gav, go on. Have you got one? Yeah, uh, well, there's loads of things, but I'll let someone else go because I always talk too much. Let, okay. let Rich or Rich. Dave go. Let someone else go. Well, I mean, the obvious thing, you know, I think it's on everybody's mind is what, how Ben's going to perform. Hmm. Is is the arm going to hold up? Um, is, is he going to be accurate? You know, like he like he was, you know, in his his heyday, and and that's what we're all. I think we're I think we're on a little bit of pins and needles about it because he hasn't played in in, in, in a season now and uh, so that's a big one. Another one for me is is I'd like to see what type of growth uh, Bush makes in his second second year. I want I want to see him start to take over the defense more and start to be a, a real leader out there yeah. and uh, uh, his, his pass coverage as well. You know. Has he worked on that in the off season, and can he be one of those backers that's out there for for pretty much any situation? You're not going to take him off the field. So you know, I won't. I, I have a bunch too, but I'll just use those two, and and um, those two I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I, I, on Ben, I wonder how how quick we'll kind of get a feel for how how he is. You know, that's what I'm interested to see because out of camp, you know, we're getting all these reports that he's throwing on a dime and this, that, and the other, but. You know, even he said that he was going to be a bit nervous coming out for the first time in a long time. I just hope he gets off to a flying start. You know, I don't want any question marks. I'm not even worried about the flying start. I mean, obviously, it would be good for a flying start, but I just don't want any sign of injury, any aggravation. So if he just gets through the game, I'm not expecting lights out. You know, 20, 2010 Ben form. Just you know, get him through the game. That's what I'm hoping from Ben. Dave, what you got there? I mean, the lack of preseasons, like like everyone, the lack of preseasons is going to hurt Ben more than anyone. I think he's not he's not had time to even throw a ball in a game situation outside of practice. Obviously, um, having said that, he's a veteran of how many years now? So he's you know if if he's not if he's not mentally ready, he'll never be mentally ready. But it's physically ready is the is the issue. Um, so he's, yeah, a, a little bit of concern that he's not had time to really get himself fully ready for this first first game. 
but um but in, in terms of things i'm looking forward to um sort of seeing how matt canada's influence on the offense is going to work um i think randy took a bit of heat last season maybe a bit unfairly um with ben being out um but seeing how this sort of exotic pre-snap stuff that kind is going to bring to the table how it's going to work um but from a player perspective i'm i'm excited to see benny snell after um mike tomlin hyping him up in a press conference saying he looks like an entirely different kind of back now um i mean i i, I love his style of football anyway i think that sort of aggressive power running kind of football is what i love to watch but if he's improved and changed his skill set to some extent I'm, I'm excited to see that i think he's going to be an interesting uh piece moving forward and maybe as rich says maybe connor's on his way out and snell's um the next man up uh so yeah that's kind of what i got that's uh yeah cool that's interesting on matt canada I, I was reading about that today um some of the it's going to be how much do you think that this is going to be sort of visible straight from the off i, I, I think could, quite visible yeah because i could see yeah, the steelers sort play. of you know coming out on the you know the first uh drive of the season with some crazy kind of pre-step motions and yeah i could see it um yeah definitely i think it's, a, it's just gonna be an added layer you know it's like something something yeah. someone else that can just add some wrinkles in the outside of what we had last year that that's going to try and confuse it. I think you know the 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 D line group, interior D line group that, that the Giants got is pretty scary. And um, I think I said earlier when I was talking about uh, Banner, I mentioned I said Barkley when actually I meant the run defense that they've got uh, the Giants. So they're going to they you know the Banners starting over Chooks maybe because of the the, the impressive D line that the Giants have got. So perhaps um, you know. The, the the window dressing the the, the the creation of space the getting favorable box counts from from the the scheme maybe that's where Canada's comes in in this game in that you know trying to get them to start you know worrying about putting too many people in the box that, so that they can cover all this movement and shifts and everything and then and then you can run on them and create some space because otherwise otherwise it's all going to come down to Ben so that, that it's that that's the interesting kind of chess match that's happening there you got to, you know, exploit them. What their weaknesses? Their weaknesses are the, the the secondary. So it looks like we're going to beat them in the air. But then we've got Ben, who you want to sort of ease back. So you don't want to put it all on Ben's shoulders straight away. So it's an interesting poker match. Mm. Mm. As, as is every game in the NFL, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if... Just sort of seeing the first sniff of this, this defensive front uh, of the Steelers this year. Uh, just seeing if we can be as dominant as we were last season, uh, and I think this is a great kind of opening game for it. We've got we're going up against you know a very a very young and kind of inexperienced offensive line in the Giants. Um, so you know I just want to see I want to see DJ uh, Daniel Jones under extreme pressure. I want to see TJ and Bud swarm in from either end, and and you know just to make sure that we're we're back on that same uh, spot and sort of picking up where we left off from the season before. You know. Are you concerned yeah. that it won't be? I'm not. I'm not. I think I'm specifically looking at Bud. Um, I, I want to see where Bud Dupree head, Bud Dupree's heads at, following you know the big contract this year. I know that's still a bit of a question mark um, on the on the franchise tag. So you know, 
it's a bit different, I suppose. But I don't know. I, I'm interested to see if he can follow that up with a similar season to his last year, and if we can, you know, consistently be the number one team for sacks in the leagues. So not not so much concern as it is excitement, and uh, yeah. I think it's a good matchup for it. I've kind of come in with a mindset that it's just cut and paste from last year. It's uh, well, with some small changes, it's it's just pretty much carry on as was. I certainly hope so. Yeah, we all we all hope in so. In that regard, yeah. Yeah. The one the one issue I've got is, or, or, or the other thing I'm interested to see is who who's gonna who's gonna uh, rise up to cover Ingram because he's he's probably their biggest threat in the in the pass game, right? Their tight end. Yeah, absolutely. So, is it is, is it gonna fall on Edwin's? So is it is it going to be a chance for him to shine, perhaps, and and put some of the? He's kind of the forgotten man, isn't he? A lot of people on his case, and you know, people thinking he's the sort of most average player in this unit. You know, maybe he has a big night on uh, Monday night. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I I jotted jot down here when I was looking earlier. I think Evan Ingram is one of the matchup uh, advantages for the for the Giants in this game. I think we could see a big game out of him because if they can find a way to scheme him over the middle and, and take advantage of uh, you know, of our linebackers maybe, or you know, maybe Vincenzo William is caught short against a guy an athletic tight end. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's why I came up with Edwins, because yeah. who would you who would you put if you're manning up, who would you put on Ingram? You don't wanna you don't wanna sort of waste Bush in that well, he's yeah, not gonna be Bush. in that kind of man. He's yeah. he's there in the middle really. So I, I was thinking Edmonds, but I mean, unless there's like Hilton. Hilton, but he's yeah. yeah, he feels a bit he feels a bit too small to cover him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting trick, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's James Pierre. The James oh, Pierre role. Get him in straight away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that, but that, that that could be what his use is. You know. Well, just a few kind of notes on, on the Giants. Um, they were minus 17 in turnovers last year, which is one of the worst in the league, right? Uh, and obviously we know what we were like last year with turnovers. So that's one area where I think hopefully we can pick up again. Daniel Jones, um, quite famous for fumbling last season when he was under pressure. Um, Daniel Jones, I took this actually from behind the steel curtain. I was reading something. They they were writing about Daniel Jones in their preview. Um we kind of think of Daniel Jones as a guy who made some mistakes last season when he started, but a guy who kind of started quite promisingly, if you remember. Uh, put up a lot of yards, um, a lot of touchdowns, probably like 3,500 yards, I think, in the games that he played last season when he took over from Eli. So uh, what I found interesting was that they actually looked back at the games that he played well in, um, and his best moments came against some of the weakest pass defences. So against the New York Jets, uh, Washington and Detroit, he threw a combined 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, obviously, these teams all finished bottom half of the league in, in, in terms of pass defense. Uh, against New England, Minnesota, and Green Bay, he had three touchdowns and seven interceptions, completing just 53% of his throws. Now, obviously, the Steelers' pass defense would be in that top half based on last year. So um, that's interesting, right, to see if Daniel Jones has maybe developed from where he was last season because based on last year, we would have uh, posed a real challenge for, for Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, it seems like from what I've I've kind of done a little bit of reading about it, it seems like his pocket awareness is is the problem with him. Um, good in many other aspects of the game, but it just seemed like when he didn't feel the rush, didn't feel the pressure, and and was was trying to extend plays longer than he should have, and his ball security wasn't great, so he wasn't wasn't protecting the ball, and that that led to eleven fumbles. Yeah. Um, so those those that thing is what they must have been working on all year, and he's been studying on tape. So we'll see. 
But that that is going to lead me on to your question two, which is my prediction. Oh no! Which... Are you going to trample straight onto what my prediction would have been? <laughs> my my prediction is two. That's right. Two forced fumbles by TJ Watt and one sack. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. I'll give you that because my prediction was going to be TJ Watt will have a strip sack of Daniel Jones, but you've got even bolder than me. So I've gone. So one's too easy. He's definitely going to get one. He's going to have two strip sacks. Is that what you're saying? Two forced fumbles. Oh, two forced fumbles. Okay. Okay. And one sack. That's okay. going to be the line. Wow. Like that. That's a bold prediction. Yeah, that's hanging some on you. I like that. Okay. I reckon. I reckon. I can see. I think Watt's got. I, I just picture him. He's got like a big punch bag at home, and he's just practicing those uppercuts <laughs> all off season. <laughs> picture of Daniel Jones's face. <laughs> yeah, it's a great matchup for that. Well, well, soon as you're onto it, I've got to think of another one. So um, we'll go around the room. Uh, Rich, did you get a bold prediction for us in the game? Yeah, um, mine is going to be um, focused towards team defense. I think we're going to get six sacks and force two turnovers. Ooh, nice. Six sacks. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's bold. I like that. Six sacks. I like that. That'd be fun. Uh, That'll have me up on my feet quite a few times. And two turnovers. I like that. Okay. Dave? I have two, if you'll indulge me. Uh, One is heavily dependent on how they handle uh, seating. (laughs) Okay. We've we've uncovered the Mark Sessler of this game. (laughs) So, if... if, um, I'm predicting that there will be a fan disguised as a cardboard cutout that sneaks in. You know, there's cardboard cutouts of people they have sat in seats. Yeah. If, if they have those, there'll be one guy who's managed to sneak in just with a look, sneaking a beer in and just hiding behind one of those with two two holes cut through the eyes so you can see. That, um, that is going to require full attention during all cutaways from the into the stage. Wasn't there a guy who caught doing that in baseball? Was it the Dodgers game? I'm pretty oh, sure it? it happened in a baseball game fairly recently. Well, you're um, responsible for tracking that, Dave. <laughs> I'll keep yeah. an eye out. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll have my my eyes on the crowd. Um, but the other, the other one was, um, well, the main one, the one that's probably going to be the most likely to happen. Um, uh, that will sort of book this trend of slow out the slow out the gate. You know, sort of stumbling in that first game, first drive of the game, touchdown to Mapletron. <laughs> okay, that's bold. I like that. <laughs> Touchdown to the rookie wide receiver first drive. Okay, okay. I I thought that wasn't going to be bold enough. I thought you were just going to say, you know, we score a touchdown the first drive. I was going to send you right back home packing, but no, yeah. no, I'm picking a player out, man. Maybe yeah, yeah. Oh no, that Maple. that is a plenty bold prediction. I like it. Um, okay, Gav's taken my um prediction. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. I, I, that's why I rushed it out because I knew you were gonna. I yeah, you knew that we'd been tape dogging it, me and you. Yeah, you know we yeah. knew <laughs> we, yeah. we knew the the way to play this game. Um, okay, I, I'm going to go with my backup, which is that Eric Ebron will score two touchdowns in this game. Ooh, I have I you know, I am loading him up into my fantasy league that yeah. I drafted him as my second tight end. Nope, he, he's starting this week. He's going to come out as the surprise. A lot of non-Steelers related fantasy leagues are going to be rushing to the waiver wire to pick him up at the end of this week. Um. Yeah, so that, that's that's going to be my bold prediction for the week. So we'll keep track of those. We'll, we'll try and remember to revisit them if we can remember which cardboard cutout Dave was tracking um, <laughs> to see if any of us got them right. Um, uh, anything else on the on the? There's a few bits and pieces. Um, I, th- I suspect we're going to see quite a healthy dose of Saquon Barkley, right? We probably should mention that. Yeah, I mean that that's going to be the 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 one issue you got to stop. Yeah. 
there's not much else. <laughs> I, I sense that that's what they're going to try and, and do is, is take it. I mean, remember, we got three new pieces starting this whole line. I think it's very easy to tag this whole line as being a one of the better ones in the league, but there's a lot of unknown here now, especially with De Castro out. Mm-hmm. Um, they they could try and uh, run it straight up on the middle on us and, and see what they can do that way because they would rather Saquon beat us than, than Daniel Jones, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, their their O line is is pretty shaky. Rookies are both tackles, but they've got um, Hernandez coming back and Zeitler. And so that's a, a decent interior. So they 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 might get some push, and you know, with we haven't got that kind of big as we talked about before, big nose tackle to stuff the middle. So could we see you know a little bit of a leaky run D again? I hope not, uh, but no, it's, hope not. it's definitely possible. Um. Giants are pretty thin at linebacker as well, aren't they? They've um, was it David Mayo's? Yeah, he's by by far their best linebacker. Missing for two weeks. Um, they've let Ryan Connolly go, who was a bit of a shock for them, and they've sort of let it all fall onto two, well, a, a rookie in T.J. Brunson and uh, Devontae Downs, who was at the Vikings, and, and, we, and Bla- we, Blake Martinez we, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when you look at uh, Devontae Downs' stats, he has three total tackles, uh, only one of which was with the Giants. Yeah. So, yeah, a bit a bit of uh, inexperience there. Yeah, well, yeah, and then their secondary, I mean, you've got Logan Ryan, who's acclimatising, and then Corey Ballantyne, expected to start at outside corner. And he's only really played, started in the slot, and was had an extremely low coverage grade on PFF in limited action last year. So, I, I mean, you, you expect to see um, Julian Love and Logan Ryan sort of ro- moving around, rolling rolling the coverages, you know, splitting duties, but I'm expecting a bit of a, a cluster show back there. So, if you know, it could be the case if we, this is this gets out of hand quickly. If if their secondary can't can't play, expect some broken broken coverages and. I'm hoping to see Deontay Johnson. I, 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 I think he's going to have a big game. Definitely. See him streaking down after some beating a man and getting open. Because we haven't really seen him with Ben, right? No. So, yeah, that'll be exciting to see. Uh, sorry, as I was saying with the with the uh, the Steelers O line looking a little bit, um, you know, new and fresh faced. What, what do we think with James Conner? Are we going to see uh, a lot of James Conner? Do you think? Or do you think they're going to try and spread it around a little bit? Well, this is the thing. Their, their interior D-line is so good. They've got Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, then they've got Dalvin Tomlinson, and then BJ Hill, who's, who's shown some promise. So that's, they've got four solid D-line players. So that, that's going to make running between the tackles really tough, I think, especially with DeCastro out, who is the team's best run blocker. So I think I think it's going to be a tough night for the running backs to, to go between the tackles. So that's why I think, you know, DJ could come in and, you know, a bit of Matt Canada... You know, window dressing, and you get 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 some DJ ball in the you know into space. Um, I think that's going to be the way to get you know a screen game stuff like that. Get that get that going rather than just pounding the rock up the middle because that's the one the one thing they've got going for them. The rest of their defense pretty shaky. I, I kind of like the um, the matchup with their wide receivers. I think our secondary should hopefully dominate that phase of the game. Um, Sterling Shepard. I suppose is the one now. Golden Tate, uh, Darius Slayton. Um, is Tate injured? I'm sure I saw some of that injury. Is Tate out? I don't know. I haven't seen not, that. Not sure. No, I haven't seen that. I mean, <clears throat> it's sort of like they're, they're sort of 
in a, in a way similar to the Steelers in that none of those really are a number one. They've got two really good number twos and an excellent number three, right? In Slayton, yeah. who's yeah. just brilliant in that take the top off kind of deep threat. And I think a lot of Giants fans really high on Slayton. But but Tate, I mean, the, the guy's a baller, real, really good number two. But so so Shepard in, in, in a kind of underneath kind of role, they're just lacking that. I uh, guess Odell Beckham, that kind of yeah, Odell Beckham, Brandon Marshall, kind yeah. of real, you know, quality X yeah. receiver. So yeah, I like yeah. the receivers as a, as, a, as a kind of a. I just think we we have too much talent on the, in that secondary. I think uh, so hopefully that should be a. They don't have that guy that I'm confident is going to get one over on us, you know. So I think it's going to be the case for a lot of games this season, uh, as it was last mm. year. So. Well, that's why I said it comes down to Ingram. I think yeah, he's the he's the he's the mismatch. He's the difference maker for them. And Saquon, obviously, but also Saquon in the past game. No. The the pepper those two. So it comes comes down to our linebackers and you know, who can who can pick up whether we play man or zone against those two. That that's going to be vital. Just to gauge, uh, what's the nervousness like? Anyone really nervous about this game? No, but it does scream trap game. Oh, you can't have a trap game in week one. (laughs) You can't. You shouldn't. You really shouldn't. But I think um, it's one of those teams that you do underestimate. That they're like a cornered dog. They sort of have a habit of biting you. Injured animal game. (laughs) I, I I don't think you get nervous in week one. Do you? I think it's just a pure excitement. I'm just, yeah. even if the Steelers lose, I'm just really happy to, to, to watch that, that, Yeah, it's a high plateau to fall off from, though, isn't it, this game? I mean, last year we, we started 0-3, right? But I think all three of those games were, if I remember rightly, they, they were all kind of tough games, right? Or am I, is, am I missing that? I can't remember exactly who we played. Uh, Patriots, Seahawks, Seahawks. And then was it the 49ers? 49ers? Yeah, so, and we didn't know the Niners were going to be as good as they were, but obviously they turned out to be Super Bowl contenders. So, you know, that's three really good teams, right? But if you come out and lose in week one against the lowly Giants, uh, then then that's going to be a lot of the hype knocked straight off this train. Um, that's my only concern. But, uh, you know, I always skew pessimistic. Uh, Rich, what, what are you thinking about the game? Are you confident? Yeah, I think so. I, I think they'll. I think they'll handle the Giants. Um, you know that when you have a, when it, when you're playing a team that has a has a superstar though on the offense. You know they, they sometimes they can take over a game, mm-hmm. so that's always a possibility. And and the thing that's killed us in the past for 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 years now isn't receivers. Rece- we're pretty good at locking down and, and, and limiting receivers. It's tight ends and backs out of the backfield that yeah. you know on the passing game that's really killed us, especially in key moments. Um so, you know, I think they need to contain uh Barkley, um not only running but but catching passes out of the backfield because he's really good out of the backfield. But uh, I'm not I'm not too concerned about the game. Um, I want to run through it every time we preview a game this season. I want to run through the the betting lines that we have here, just just as a as a, as a sweetener, just as a a preview to what the uh, the desert is saying. Um, according to Skybet, which is just what I'm going to use because I have it downloaded, uh, the Steelers are plus five favourites in this game. Um, so we'll go around the table if, if we take this or leave this, uh, and then maybe also offer up a, a a game score as well to see if anyone nails it. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers on this plus five, and I'm going to offer up 
23 to 10. Um, I should say the over-under is 47.5 points in the game as well, which obviously I'd go under, but uh, I'll let you guys note that as you go along. But yeah, 23 to 10, I think the Steelers um, do a pretty good job. Maybe they sneak one in at the end of the first half or something, but do a pretty good job of sealing out the, the Giants overall, holding them uh, to a lot of punts. And I think I think the offense isn't going to light the world on fire. It's going to be a slow burn, but we're going to do enough to uh, you know catch, catch lightning in a bottle a couple of times. I was going to say twenty-three to three. Is Ooh. that too similar to yours? No, no. It's not, listen, you, you you can say the same thing as me if you feel that confident about. It. Okay. Twenty-three to three. Okay, so obviously going for the under and the Steelers uh, making the money line, Dave. I'm going twenty-one to seven. Steelers win. Twenty-one to seven. Okay, and Rich. Twenty-seven thirteen Steelers. Okay, so so we all kind of have a a similar vibe, right? Like a game where. We, we hold the Giants pretty well mm. uh, and don't like the world on fire and offense necessarily, but score enough points. Um, I can't do the math. Is that under the thing that Rich said? 47.5? <laughs> what, what was the prediction again? 27-13. Uh, 27-13-30-40. 40. Yeah, that's 40. I could have, I really, I should have done that pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, math was and what was yours, Dave? My strong Sorry. Uh, 21-7. Right. I'm just making a note. Sorry, I'm putting these into the thing so we can uh, check back later. Okay. And we've all taken the Steelers plus five. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that seems conservative to me, but maybe that's there's, maybe there's some uh, well, it, uns- it, uncertainty baked in. It opened at 4.5, so... Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to need to get on there and take a bet myself after we <laughs> finish recording here. <laughs> Uh, and I believe we want to also hit the gauntlet, right, before we uh, move into our final segment. We do, and over to you to explain how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so Gav came to us with the idea of doing an eliminator. So I'm pretty sure everyone understands the concept of an elim- eliminator, right, where you pick uh, one team each week. Uh, you can only pick them once per season is the snag. And as soon as someone, one of the teams that you pick loses, you go out with a competition, right? Um the problem with this on the podcast is that, as Rich correctly pointed out before we started recording, that uh, you know within three weeks we'd probably all be out and then nobody would be able to play anymore and it would be rendered moot. Um, so what instead we came to the compromise of doing uh, is continuing this idea where we can only pick a team once throughout the season, um, but there's basically no elimination, so we're just going to keep track of who gets the most locks correct, basically. So um, it's going to be out of 17, I suppose. We're only going to be allowed to pick each team once. Um, so don't blow your Kansas City load all at once um, <laughs> and then we'll see uh, who has the, the best uh, nows for game picking by the end of the season there's one of our many games uh, did that did that make sense Gav? I think it made sense yeah Okay. it was a nice, you made it into a nice story as well oh. told, told, you know, pull back the curtain onto what our, some of our pre-show discussions yeah, we're concerned that wouldn't make any sense just like the uh, what was it though? We all defend one team from the AFC North segment. Let's not mention that ever again. <laughs> I still think that was a great idea, just executed poorly. Or maybe explained poorly by the, uh, uh, you know, the promoter of the, the game. Always pointing the finger. Anyway, pointing point the finger. Uh, Gav, who are you going to be locking up this week for the uh, the gauntlet? Or what well, I, like you say, yeah, I, I, in the gauntlet, I, I didn't want to uh, blow some some bigger picks. So then you're kind of trying to think about, but then it's so hard to pick this first week with some of the kind of more 50, 50 games. So I settled on um, the Colts to beat the Jags. 
So that's my pick. So I just think I think they're they're actually. good enough. Yeah, Rivers coming, you know, brings bring elevates that offense a little bit. You've got some exciting rookies there and a good defense, and the Jags are an absolute. I might, I, you know. It could be that this game you just pick whoever's playing the Jags every week because it looks like they're tanking. <laughs> so that's kind of went into my decision. Uh, okay. Um, they, I'm kind of scrambling because I've just remembered kind of basically that who I picked in all my Eliminator Leagues now, I kind of don't want to pick given the change of rules. So I'm reviewing the fixtures to try and decide who I want. Um, Dave? Do we kind of have to pick a 50-50 game or, or is it can just be anyone? Are we, are we supposed to be sort of um, No, no, you could pick involved. absolutely anyone. Is this, you okay. can only pick them once in the season. So if you pick the Chiefs now, you can't pick them again for the rest of the week, uh, rest of the year. This season. is true, okay. but also remember, uh, we will respect you less. <laughs> Pride <laughs> is on the line. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with my initial decision. Um, I'm gonna go with my official, unofficial second team in the Bills. Oh, I was just thinking against that. the Jets. Interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're going along the same lines as me, picking against yeah. a weak opponent. Makes yeah. sense. Okay, Ga- uh, Rich, sorry? That's mine as well. Bills, Bills. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, you've both kind of gone straight for the two ones I would have picked, but I want to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, and as I'm scrolling through these, I'm noticing uh, the following line on NFL.com. Uh, Cleveland seeking first week one win since 2004. <laughs> 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 Playing uh, none other than our friends, the uh, Ravens. So I'm I'm going to take the Ravens this week. Okay. Cool, exciting. That adds a little bit of uh, spice to week one as well. Yeah, in the AFC North. I suspect we may end up four and zero on that, but we'll see. Uh, okay, Dave. I think this is perhaps the most um, you know exciting kebab corner we've ever done, and we kind of blew our load early with it. But and I apologise to you for that. Um, but but Gav, can oh. Four large donuts, mate. Everything on them. Do you want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. Well, you know, I, I'd hoped initially this would be kept clear of this sacred zone. Um, but yeah, I think I think I've been forced. My hand has been forced up my back of uh, what to do with this, but. I'm sure everyone's heard the news of Odell Beckham's uh, proclivities and and uh, want to talk some shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't really, but uh, <laughs> apparently I'm going to. I'm I'm not a fan of kink shaming someone. I think what a man does in his bedroom. Kink is his... shaming. How That's do, a new one. How do I, I, I know like that. this would be the angle that Dave came at this from? <laughs> What a man does in his own bedroom, as long as he's not hurting anyone else, is his business, as far as might I'm be, concerned. Might be hurt, hurting the upholstery. Well, I'm sure he can afford to replace it entirely, if not have it cleaned. Oh, dear. And I've, I've heard about people that do it over glass tables and stuff. So I know. Wipe that's, clean. That, that's, Easy. that seems more like the more acceptable version of this, rather than what this, this young lady was saying was required, is, is the extreme version. Right. Yeah. Can we can we get our takes on this out of the way? Because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very unpleasant. I think the takeaway for me is um, two things. Firstly, Odell Beckham can't stay away from these kind of nonsense controversies, right? Whether he's like gallivanting away on boats for no reason, or he's you know making sort of three week long love 
sessions to kick in nets. You know, what I mean? it's always something stupid. The kind of stuff that Gav hates to talk about as well. You know, it's it's not. X's know, already, you've already made me wince four times in this podcast by mentioning AB, and now we're doing this. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, exactly. We, right? Sorry. Before we get into this, do do we have to assume that some people have no idea what we're talking I about? I was going to ask maybe... this. Uh, listen, basically, Odell Beckham likes girls to shit on him, right? Let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> well, we don't know. That's the other question. Do we do we believe this woman? Have you seen the clip, the video? I've of her seen talking? the clip. Listen, I, I don't. I don't believe a lot that comes out of these three women's mouths, and I'll leave it at that. Based on their, um, what did Dave call it, proclivities? Um, yeah. But. I think the the detail she goes into on this and kind of the way it's brought up in the context of the conversation, which I'm upset that I even know. Um, and like, you know, she goes into some detail about how she was requested to photograph it. And while all very unpleasant, it strikes me as something that's a little bit too obscure to not be true. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it doesn't, it's like me telling my stories of, of you know, Fecal yeah. matter and stuff. You don't. You don't necessarily. You know, I tell mine for a bit of a laugh, but she's trying to maintain some level of decorum, unlike me, because I don't care. But she wouldn't come out with that unless there was something there, would she? I don't know. That's that's what I thought. I, Why I would think, you do that? Uh, yeah, I think it's true. But but I also found that whatever podcast or show it is that they were doing to be horribly trashy. Um, I, it does make me question who's listening to that. I mean, I question who listens to this, but. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad if to the, know if that the we Miami have the State podcast. Police are listening. I didn't do what I said I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a joke. Sorry, carry on. I interrupted you. Oh, that's that, that's all right. Um, Rich, have you ever requested this of someone? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what <laughs> you got far more experience than us. You know, one thing I've learned over the years um, is. I'm not a very freaky person, but there's a hell of a lot of people out there that are. And I, <laughs> it, it's, it just, nothing shocks me anymore. Um, uh, I, I have a tendency, I have a tendency to believe her, but you know, like you said earlier, uh, Gavin, that if it's not true, why would she come out and, and, and say it? But, um, because she could, you know, she could actually lie and come out and say it as well for the same reason. She wants attention, mm. you know. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think she's lying. It's. It's. It seems to be. It's probably it, that it, there is probably some truth to it. Because, um, like I said, there are some freaky people out there. Uh, but you know, I ain't gonna hold it against the guy. You know. Like you guys said, what what somebody does in their bedroom is their business, and it's not hurting as long as it's not hurting anyone. It's not done with someone who's underage and being taken advantage of. Any of your adults, then oh, whatever. When you said you have a tendency there, Rich, I thought we were going to hear about a second <laughs> uh, a second pro- proclivity. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that, not tendency, not used exactly like that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, if it, go. On. Go on, no, go on. No, no, you go, you go, you go. I say, are we done with the fecal matter talk? <laughs> I was just, oh, no, in that case, no. I was going to say, I, I hope that if 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 uh, if he's continuing with this particular uh, penchant, that he's uh, at least ensuring that there's two tests for for coronavirus done beforehand, oh. so that he's not risking himself and the rest of the Browns to. Uh, <laughs> oh, he plays for the Browns. <laughs> How did I only just realise that? <laughs> There's got to be a joke in there, right? Oh, he's the number two receiver on the Browns. Yeah, number two. Yeah. 
Brilliant. And, and, he, and, and uh, they, are, they, are they now considering playing him at scatback? <laughs> my first, my first exposure to this was when, on a, uh, uh, like as a sixteen-year-old. Uh, I didn't, I didn't have it done to me. Don't worry, I'm not going there. Um, on a, on a very early trip to Amsterdam, and um, you have been to Amsterdam, Rich? I have not. I've heard about it though. It's a great place. It's like it's kind of like I don't know how would you describe it. It's kind, it's kind of like uh, Vegas without the gambling, I suppose. In that you can do anything and get anything you want, and for a 16 year old boy from London. Um, it was it was pretty eye opening place to go there, and um, I remember kind of me and some pals walking around. You kind of walk around the, you know, you, you basically you get off the the train, you 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 walk in, you know, you go to a coffee shop, you get stoned, then you walk through the red light district, you see what you've never seen before as a sixteen year old boy, and then and then you know you might end up in a in a kind of some of the sort of adult sex shops, and in 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 there where they had, I can't remember if they were deep, they probably were DVDs at that point. Some DVDs, and there were some some titles that you would not believe, and and one of them was 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 sounds like it might be in Nodell Beckham's uh, collection because the, the front cover had some serious, some seriously shocking scenes on, and um, crouching yeah, on the glass table. Oh, it was it was, I don't know how to describe it. It was it was kind of all all over everywhere. It was disgusting, man. But oh. um, I guess people are into it, you know. So uh, yeah, I guess you know, I, I, like you say, I I I I I don't want to mock someone else, you know, but whatever is 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 the thing is the thing, and it's a vibe, man. I mean, if that's his vibe, then then that's cool. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Listen, I, I'm totally with you. I think if he wants, if that's his, if that's his jack, then good for him. I, I, listen, I think it's totally fine. But I think the one thing I will say is to Odell, uh, be careful who you're doing it with. You know, maybe this this woman. I think upon meeting her once, I would have known maybe this isn't you know. This isn't the woman that I should be participating in this with. Loose, loose lips, <laughs> sink, <laughs> sink shit fetishes. Yeah. Uh, loose yeah. lips, dear me. Um, Dave, <laughs> can we can we get this back on on some sort of track now? <laughs> right, wipe your memories of the of the last ten minutes if if you want. Well, it's a bit late to say it now, but you can fast forward if you like. <laughs> um, wow. I, I had a, a lovely message from um, on Twitter. Um, someone who has been mentioned in previous shows, um, at Orclabe, I think Gav mentioned last week about his um, Blood Bowl picture for his Twitter page. Um, and I found out his actual name. Oh. But apparently, it, it seems we have a trend of people who are far too highly educated to listen to us. He's a teacher, apparently. And his name's Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Um, but yeah, had a, he's, he has reviewed us as well. I asked him for a topic a while back, um, but he didn't have one. But he, he sent me a lovely message since then, um, which has sort of brought up a bit of a talking point. So I'll read the message out. He says, Hi, Dave. Thought you might uh, like to know that the podcast has health benefits. He says, during lockdown, when we were only allowed out once per day, I started walking for 20 minutes or so. After a while, I got bored. So that's when I started. I discovered your podcast and started using that as on my walks. So uh, a 20 to 30 minute walk meant the podcast lasted a few days. But then I found myself enjoying it so much that I ended up walking for the entire show. Great. Which great. Um, he said, this also meant that I had to find other podcasts uh, for the other five days of the week. 
and I've now ended up with five to six podcasts on the go each week. Uh, and he says, anyway, the sum total of, of this podcast listening and walking means that I have lost two and a half stones since March. Whoa. Wow. Well done, Steve. That's awesome, That's man. Awesome stuff. Um, so he says, thank you to you and the guys for improving my both my physical and mental health. Um, we cannot take any credit for that, Steve. I think that, that is entirely down to you, man. That's that's a big achievement. Well done. Yeah. Um, so I and I know my sort of podcast routine. I, I know I, I listen to a, a fair number of different podcasts. It's sort of a. I rarely listen to music these days. So I listen to pretty much podcasts of different things that we've sort of discussed in the past. But um, I listen to mine while I'm working. Because so, I work on my own, so it just breaks up the monotony of the day. But I'm um, interested to know, do you guys have a, a podcast routine? Is there a time you listen to them? Is it just sort of when you can? Um, and also, I'm kind of interested to hear, is how is Sai's um, exercise routine going with his special ring thing? <laughs> oh, yeah, we've not heard much about that since the initial <laughs> podcast. On the Huel and ring thing? Yeah, it's stuffed into a corner somewhere. No, 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 listen. Uh, I actually had a Huel um, during this episode. <laughs> Not sponsoring us yet, um, but I enjoyed a nice, uh, tasty Huel uh, during the opening parts of this, this show. Um, well, the meal replacements are available, of course. Uh, well... Not as good as Huel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also com- uh, completed my 30-minute uh, exercise for the day uh, about an hour before the show. Uh, but but I've kind of switched lately to... Because um, my housemates been, had been spending a lot of time in the house, because obviously not being at work teaching, I'd kind of switched to um, running just just in my room. Um, which uh, you're one of those guys. I kind of found surprisingly effective... Um, you know, I was getting like a real sweat, and, and basically what it is, I've got this Vitality Health Insurance stuff where I have to um, do like exercise at least seventy percent of my heart rate for thirty minutes or something, right? Uh, and and how it, do they know if you're doing it or not? Because it's you on my, I've got to track it on my Apple Watch. So uh... Uh, I basically put my little exercise thing on my Apple Watch, start to track it, and then I just run on the spot for thirty minutes, or you know, with with the occasional break to take a drink of water. Um, and usually, Do you live above anyone? Right, so this is what I'm <laughs> so, uh, Also, if you know me, I'm a bit of like a night owl. Um, and it came to my attention that, like, Marv, walked, this is my housemate, walked into my room and would say, dude, I, like, I, I'm sat behind you, basically, in the living room, and, like, I am shaking. Like, I'm moving around. <laughs> and we live on the third floor of an apartment complex, and I was sometimes doing this mm. at, like, 11 or 12 o'clock you're, at night. You're a bad guy, man. I mean, I... <laughs> Was he sure that the first couple of times you were doing that? Was he thinking you were doing something crazy in there? You thought Odell Beckham uh, was hanging went, out in the room. Yeah, exactly. He he doing what me and my pals used to call a crazy wank. Oh, God. But, um, we, we had a flatmate that did something similar, and we never worked out what he was doing, but it was something strange going on. It sounded like he was doing like WWE moves off of his wardrobe. But, um, but uh, <laughs> like the guy that lives actually two stories. So I, I live in a flat ground floor flat there's a flat between us and then there's a there's an old dude who's actually been in lockdown in argentina ever since april he's, he's coming back tomorrow <laughs> i've been in like, in constant chats with him because he's he's it's it's, it's, it's it's a nightmare for him but he, he's like you he's in his 70s and he runs inside his flat every day for an hour 
and we can hear him. We can hear him two stories down. Boom, 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 he's seventy. Boom, and he's running twice boom, 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 boom. as much as me. Yeah, he's 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 yeah he's all over it. He's 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 worried about his he's sort of quite overweight, and that's that's how he does it. In in the summertime he goes out for for runs, but in the wintertime he runs in his flat. I'm telling you, it's not very socially acceptable for people below below you. You know, listen, I, I get that, I do, but uh, listen, we're we're on we're in a difficult time. You know, we need we all need to get our exercise in where we can get it. I'm trying now not to do it late, if I can help it. Yeah, in a day of time's fine. Pre yeah. pre pre eleven o'clock, no problem. This this guy, he's a night owl. He does it like you know one a.m. Yeah, not cool, yeah. man. I get it. I've tried to stop doing that when it was made clear to me that that. But you know, I'm one of these people. You know, uh, my housemate says it's one only child syndrome, where he he says that I just don't take into account other people when I make actions. And he says like you don't do it in a vindictive way. You just you just don't have it in your head. <laughs> I just well, do things uh, without thinking another, about. Another a very good close mate of mine says empathy is for suckers. You know? <laughs> it's like. How you get you don't get ahead in life by having empathy. I'm not sure I agree, but that's his his long held view. So it sounds like you you fall into that camp. Well, maybe I don't agree with him. <laughs> I mean, so, it's not, you know, you're not that, virtual that... signaling by uh, getting on board with that. But. <laughs> so that's how that's going. Have I lost any weight? I don't think so. But I also took great advantage of the eat out to help out scheme. Um, <laughs> so in one end and not out the other. Yeah. So, so kind of and I'm still on I'm still drinking a monster every day, which really needs to stop. Um, oh, that's just sugary shit. Yeah, Cut that that. yeah, yeah. But so if, so if you do it a lot, you know. Oh, yeah. late night drive. Hello. Wow. Yeah. Ah, is that me? <laughs> Unplug your mic, Gav. <laughs> wow. The voice of the mistron. What happened there? I'm getting invaded by aliens. I think okay. We need to cut that out. No, it's fine. That can stay in. Um, <laughs> we're in Kebab get Corner. sampled by some Japanese glitch artists and that's like all the rage there'd be like 100 people rinsing out to that in some Japanese nightclub anyway sorry there's a lot of interference in the Kebab Corner it's a bit of an alternate zone you get signals crossing over but yeah so so what was the um, do we have any sort of podcast routines sorry, is there a time yeah. you listen sorry we haven't actually answered your question in yeah, any no. way have we kind of Avoid it. On about something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen to most. You know, I listen to most of my, mine while I'm playing uh, games. It, it used to be. Um, I, how I, do you? Know, how, how can you do that? No, no, no. Hang on, hang on. It used to be that I would do it a lot while playing like more games where I'd switch off, like like FIFA. You know, you don't need to listen, or or like maybe like a shooting game, uh, Call of Duty, something like that. Um, there's a lot of games like that usually but what I do find is that when there's some kind of release where it's more of a story focused game like where I have to listen like uh, I played Last of Us recently or Ghost of Tsushima right? games where I have to listen to what I'm doing that's when I start falling behind on podcasts because I have no time all of a sudden and all of a sudden I'm only listening to them when I'm in bed or when I'm in the shower or something do you actually take it in while you're playing as well? Yeah, you that's what, what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because basically, I need to be doing two things at all time, right? That's why I'm always on my phone. But I'm, like, focusing most of my mind into one thing, and that's the podcast. Like, that's where the, the info is coming. I can't play a podcast and play a game where I have to focus on what's being said and done. But there's some games where I could just switch off. And I, I actually, you know, I find I play better on games like Cod and FIFA when I'm not, when I'm, like, in a zone. I'm zoned out and listening to something wow. else. Wow. Okay, so I mean, if I walk, I don't even hear what's happening. You know, I can't even do anything. Are like, you still breathing on left foot, right foot? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're you're obviously more skilled in in that regard than me. Jeez. 
Um, I can't. I can't do anything. I can't listen and talk at the same time. Uh, just <laughs> honestly, it's, that's ter- I, I have to like literally lie still, sit and stare at the wall, and then I can hear what's being said. I can just about do the washing up, I think, and driving. I'm okay as long as I'm not doing any like challenging navigating at the same time. Wow. Um, but how much brain power are you investing in washing up? Like, <laughs> it's, pro- it's, probably, it's, it's probably. There's a significant part of my brain's power which is still dancing in a warehouse in the 1990s. <laughs> I think I think it shows that me and the likes of myself and Simon are far more in touch with our feminine sides with multitasking, whereas yeah. Gab is more of a, a knuckle dragging. A man's man. Oh come on, man! I'm not a knuckle. I'm not a Neanderthal. I'm a sensitive millennial dude. Although I'm not actually millennial, but anyway, I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, um, I'm only messing. No. I just I'm not able to focus. Rich, back me up here. You can't do two things at once, right? Uh, I, I, no, I can actually. I can and, and do uh, very often. I, I'm I'm one of those multitaskers. I do it constantly. Um, so I, I I listen while I'm driving, in um, shopping. Sometimes if I'm out at stores. I'll have my Air AirPods in. I'll be listening to a podcast, and then in the shower, I listen to podcasts. I usually don't, it's not usually something that I, I choose to do if I'm sitting around the house and then I want to think of something to do. It's always, I'm always doing it while I'm doing something else. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. If I'm, yeah. if I'm doing anything, I'm usually listening to a podcast for my ears, you know? That's what my ears are doing. As long as I don't need my ears for something else, it's listening to a podcast. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sort of... As I say, I listen, listen to while I'm working, but like Gab was saying, I listen to it when I'm washing up and things like that, just because it breaks, the, if it's something I really don't want to do, or if yeah. I'm, it, it's sort of repetitive, then I can just sort of switch off to some extent. I suppose a bit like what Sai's saying with gaming, if you're, if you're, um, if it's sort of muscle memory, then you're okay. Mm-hmm. But for me, gaming would be far too in-depth. I'm far exactly. too much concentrating on what my that's thumbs that's are awesome. doing, man. Exactly. If I'm gaming and I'm, I'm listening to a podcast, I might as well not be gaming. I'd be, that <laughs> yeah. should be like... You know, just, doing the washing up or tidying up or doing something productive rather than if I'm gaming, I'm gaming. I think so. I, I, I can understand that. Yeah. You have to concentrate on the, but you know, you, it's a it's a skill too that you can develop. In fact, while I'm doing this podcast, I'm actually listening to another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say think, you were speaking on another yeah, podcast. She's so on yeah. another podcast <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> He just he just kind of has like a little button that he like listens out for when we say rich and then he just goes yeah it's, yeah hell. It's got like a crossfire <laughs> straight over and then he zip oh yeah and then when, then when I was on Batman oh hold on zip and yeah then James <laughs> Connor and zip <laughs> uh, I can see him doing that <laughs> I tell you what I've got though I've got these new things man they are awesome and um I don't know that my one fear going straight sideways on the story i actually had to one of my um mrs's best friends her husband is a brain scientist brain neuroscientist he's He's more like a uh, a consultant than a uh, i'm not sure how much actual surgery he does but he's kind of you know he'll uh, help detect you know brain tumors and things like that um so i asked him how bad is bluetooth on the brain and he's i got the answer back via his wife don't worry about it. No evidence. So that's that's something. So uh, that with that caveat in mind, I've got these uh, this like Bluetooth headband, right? It is amazing because you can you can you can do everything with this thing. It's like do you remember like the old Walkman headphones you used to get with the foam 
kind of cups that sat on your ears. Uh-huh. You remember those? And, and I mean, you look like a nerd wearing them, but they were really comfortable and, and great sound quality. Well, you can get that these days, but it, instead it's like a headband. So the, the headphones are in the headband and you can't really tell. You have to kind of look closely to work out that it's a Bluetooth thing. You do look like Baker Mayfield with it on, but it never falls off. You can sleep in it. You could run in it. You could mm-hmm. do a headstand if that's your thing. Like the, the buds don't fall out. It's amazing, and you can you can flip one ear over if like you know you, it's great, amazing. Well, I'm so, a bit uh, confused real. about the the concept. So, so is the earbuds connected to these or, or what? Uh, it's a headband, and inside the headband are like the speakers. '80s kind of speaker things which sit on top of your ears. So they go over your ears. It's like a headband that goes over your ears. Okay, right. Like a, like imagine Baker Mayfield's headband, but it's got speakers inside it, okay. and it's Bluetooth connected, and it's got like a, a skip and a and a volume up volume down button on the front which you can is after it made a, of like fabric yes yeah, fabric oh. it, you, you can take the headphones out and wash it. It, it it's literally like a fabric headband with speakers and bluetooth inside mm. but that is, is awesome for like you know because if, if me and missus are watching tv in bed or whatever she, she decides she wants to go to sleep i just whack on a podcast off i go great i and, was gonna you know, say that that might be really handy because one of the big issues i have is that i now it's, it feels so alien to me to go to sleep not listening to a podcast right because i've done it for you know 10 years so so now i find that you know if i'm entertaining a lover um that mean chloe let's not get it do her wrong <laughs> unless, unless you're unless you're hiring <laughs> scat ladies to come <laughs> well listen if odell Buck beckham proposition me talk some shit. <laughs> as dave said you know we listen to podcasts when we're doing things we don't want to do so when, oh, when odell right. got on the phone <laughs> my first thought was uh, no, but but this is the thing, right? Chloe says to me, she's like, listen, she doesn't care. She's like, you know, put your podcast on. I don't bother. She listens to podcasts as well. But I, I don't know. Do you feel the same way? I just can't, even if she didn't mind, I kind of don't, like, you know, there's no context. I don't want to put it on. I feel like it's keeping her up, you know? I so, find like be- bedroom volumes are quite tricky as well. Yeah. Placement of the speaker. Whoever's closer to the speaker gets it too loud. The other person can't hear. And then the other person moves when you're listening to something and it's annoying. So, yeah, I, th- I think personal, you know, Bedtime sounds mm. is good. So I've struggled with this, so maybe I need to look into this. I would. They're quite cheap. They're Chinese. I'm not. I'm really. My my one issue is how safe they are to sleep all night in these things. I mean, I often wake up and I'm not wearing them anymore, so I must take them off subconsciously. But I still worry that I'm giving myself. If I come down with brain tumors in the next couple of years, it'll be caused by this. But I don't we'll think see. I'd sleep in them. I'll just put them on like while I'm lying. Yeah, there. but you don't mean to, do you? Well, you sleep, yeah. and they're so. You know, I'm not a particularly image conscious, but I, like I have an image in my head that I th- I'd think I look like Rambo, but I actually look like the Karate Kid, just sort of uh, that's looking like a real knob. Well, yeah. it's interesting you say that, Dave, because I've actually it's, I've actually been considering investing in a headband lately. Um, if you remember, like about 25 episodes ago, I shaved my head. Um, I haven't cut my hair since, and it's now like getting really long. Uh, and I don't really have any plans to cut it, so <laughs> I'm considering getting a, a headband and just going full Baker Mayfield. What about an Alice band? You considered that? Wasn't what's there that, 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 that? What's that? That's more for longer hair, isn't it? Oh, is band. it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any shame in headband wear. You know, like why? Why do we have to conform to any kind of dress code? Why do we? Just you know, you turn up at work and people call you a knob, but who cares? Like, just write yeah. it out, man. They already do that because of my weird glove. Your weird glove? What's this? Well, this is done into a bit of a Michael Jackson thing, but uh, I have this weird thing where I can't like hold ma- like a mouse with my right hand for some reason. 
So, for ages I was using a regular mouse. It was causing me like real hand pain, and I had to get one of these like ergonomic side mice. Um, but it still wasn't quite right. I think maybe like it's a bit big, but because work had paid so much for it, I didn't want to complain. So I, I bought this like compression glove, which actually helps a lot, but you know, uh, people find it a bit odd. <laughs> it sounds like you need a power glove, man. You need, you need one of those things. One like of those bad boys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The old, uh, the old power glove. Remember that? The Nintendo. That, I've been helped a lot though in lockdown because I don't get it anymore. I've got my own ergonomic mouse. That's fine. So is it just purely the work mouse selection? I think so. Yeah. You need to get onto the IT department. Yeah, I, need I already did, mouse. and they spent a lot on on. Get the... one of those trackball. I was going to say a swear word then. Trackball things like yeah. where it's like 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 those old the old video game. What was that called? Where you had to slide a big ball around and you got some buttons. Like an upside down mouse, that would help you out, wouldn't it? I need a sideways mouse. What's a sideways mouse? It's a mouse, but sideways. The clues in the title, Baker. <laughs> yeah, but I know that. But how does it help? Because surely you're just turning your hand sideways. Well, no, because no, you're turning your hand upwards. Think about it, right? If you just put your hands in front of you without moving your arms. I see. You turn your hand as if you're shaking someone's hand. Yeah, yeah. That is how your arm stretches straight out and, from your shoulder. But by and using you're the... rubbing, rubbing a ball. Well, there's no ball. It's just a mouse. <laughs> but, but what is it on? What's it touching? So imagine this, Gav, right? It's a normal mouse, right? Have you got a mouse in front of you? Not in front of me, but I, I can picture one. I know I've, I've been using them for some time. <laughs> picture the mouse, right? And then turn it sideways. And then imagine that the, uh, the infrared bit at the bottom is just where the bottom of the mouse is now. And the other side is like, you know, kind of slanted in a C shape so it fits into your hand. Oh, that's just weird. I'll send you a picture of it after the show. That's very strange. And and this is the thing? People have that? Oh, this is a big thing, yeah. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. It's, the, it's the new hot thing in ergonomics. I need one. Maybe I need one. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think it'd change your life. I think you'd be amazed. As soon as you start using it, you'll be like, wow, how was I ever using a, a regular mouse? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> did, did we answer the question, Dave? Yes or no? I, I think so. But um, if if you have your own kebab corner question that to pose, then as the, my offer still stands to rate and review us wherever you might listen, I think you can only really do it on iTunes. Am I wrong? Yeah, we've had some confusion about this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, iTunes is the best place because it seems to be the only place that like YouTube channel is YouTube, available. Yeah, YouTube. yeah, of course. Gosh, shout out our, YouTube, our YouTube is popping at the moment. They seem to be gathering a pace. So uh, nice. shout out to the YouTube listeners. Yeah. Yeah, but if if you do um, rate reviews, just tweet us with a, a screenshot of of the review, or or even a comment on YouTube. Heck, Heck. Get, um, get get involved. Um, Golly, as a uh, as uh, what was it? Sean McVeigh said the other day when he watched the uh, Jacob Blake shooting. Golly, my missus uh, was like, "Yeah, did, did that, that strike you as a bit?" It's a bit weird. I didn't want to say it was set up, but felt a bit set up. I have no doubt that uh, Sean McVeigh is very genuine, but I don't know. There's something about this. this, Well, I kind of felt like Sean McVeigh in that situation didn't know what to say, and I felt a bit awkward for him. Yeah, I mean, Hard Knocks is good because if you work any second, if if you work in TV, right, you you know, in in like in like reality TV or observational documentary TV. Uh, you know that every time you see anyone meet anyone else on TV, it's not the first time they met. Like they've already met and now they're faking it. 
so that that first introduction is always fake so then that that makes you think that everything's fake on tv so that kind of interaction exactly what you're saying there makes you think it's fake but i'm not sure with hard knocks hard knocks because it's hidden cameras and it kind of feels like you, they know they're being filmed, especially on the training pitches, right? When when they're on, when they're doing their thing, and they're all like freestyling with their lyrics on the side on the sidelines. That's all for the cameras, right? You know that. But when they're in the rooms, not sure. So I don't know. But the, some of the camera angles in that, the, it did feel like there was a cameraman in there. And if there's a cameraman in there, then they're doing it for the cameras. You know it's real when it's up and high in the corner. Yeah. Right. That's when you know it's proper reality because it's just on one of their little hothead cameras they've got going on. So I'm not sure about that. But it did. It did that when he said, "Golly." <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Hard Sorry, Knocks has Hard Knocks has been better than I thought this year. I, I was down good with year. it coming in, but it's been good pretty year. good. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'll also say as well for any of our soccer fans out there. I've been watching the um, the all or nothing the the Spurs one the Tottenham Hotspur one. Oh yeah, really interesting. I mean, I like is football it? anyway, but I mean, it's just I think it gives you such because un- I think football for years has been a little bit more sealed off than the NFL, right? You, you kind of never knew what the inner workings of of, of soccer f- football. Um, but these these documentaries have really blown it wide open for me. I think some of the stuff that it gives you access to is really interesting. So for anyone that likes that stuff, go watch that show. Is it is it work? Because I literally checked out of English football when uh, was it Suarez or was it? It was one of those little Argentinian dudes scored a goal for Man City to win the season. Aguero. And I, Aguero, yeah, Aguero, yeah, right. That was the last time. That was a great I moment. That, that's one that of the only footballing moment. moments that makes my hair stand up on end. That it was almost as if. I was I checked out of football. I was totally bored, and I'd been building up to this point where I was like, I think I'm going to give up on football. I, you know, I've been a season ticket holder at Crystal Palace. I'm done with it. I'm not going anymore. Um, the Premier League has become a joke, in my opinion. Um, I, I need to. I've just had a child. I need to concentrate on being not completely addicted to watching sport all the time. I'm not going to choose football over the NFL so I'm going to choose the NFL so I'm going to give up on this sport I watched that game was like this is a perfect moment to say yeah. goodbye so that was yeah. it yeah, fair enough. Much. the only and uh, the only other games I've watched a couple of Palace games when my brother's been around and the World Cup when England did alright in 2018 that's it that's been it so did, did, maybe I will watch it I thought that I thought that started with a question about this show <laughs> <laughs> but I am uh, yeah I mean any any kind of behind the scenes thing Oh, it's very good for that stuff, man. It's very good. Like, you know, some of the negotiations, and there's there's like one scene with a, a left back who plays for Tottenham who who isn't happy that he's not getting playing time, and it just shows you the meeting with him and Jose Mourinho and them getting into like an argument. It's so interesting. So, wow. yeah. Anyway, that's totally off topic. We've, I don't know why I'm allowing this. I'm usually the one that <laughs> forces us to end the show. Does anyone else have anything else to say? Because I think this is you know this is the end of the off season, right? The, the next season we'll have, yeah. have a uh, sorry the next episode. We'll have a game to talk about. So it's been a long off season. I think we've done pretty well. We've filled up a lot of weeks of content. Yeah, we've never slowed up. Pat, pats on the back all round. I think we've yeah. done well. I think we, you know, we were concerned when I, you know, there was yeah. there was cons- palpable concern when I said I wanted to do a week a show every week, and I think we we pulled it off easily, easily yeah. with baggage to spare. Yeah. So well done, guys. Well That's done. all on you. Okay. Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Uh, follow me at Cy Wrote This, Dave at This Is Dave Hart, and Gav at GM Boom Up All on Twitter. And follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. Uh, 
it's been a pleasure to serve you this off-season. Uh, we'll see you after week one, hopefully with the first win in the bag. Here we go, stay this. <laughs> Cheers, guys. See you later. See you. Go Steelers. Yeah!